rainy Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Miserable day in Baltimore, which is, of course, perfect. Nobody is uh, feeling uh, particularly uh, pleasant just yet here in uh, Charm City. We can change that, though, because you can come join us tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show with special guest Mark Andrews. Wow. Tonight, we will be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 7 o'clock. Might want to get there early. 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's an awesome place. And, yes, the next Tyus Bowser Show tonight, 7 o'clock. Tyus and Mark Andrews, if you want to meet two of your favorite Baltimore football players, just come out and join us tonight for the Tyus Bowser Show. Look forward to seeing you. Look forward to uh, having a great conversation. I haven't talked to Mark Andrews in a while, so I'm looking forward to this. Obviously, he's on the cover of the new press box. If you haven't picked that up yet, maybe today would be a perfect day to go pick it up. Ahead of uh, Mark Andrews appearing at the Tyus Bowser show tonight. Go get that at your uh, neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box, or read it all at pressboxonline.com. Tonight, Tyus Bowser Show with Mark Andrews, 7 o'clock. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia and brought to you by our friends at Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. And seriously, it would probably be a good day to go get this at you know your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. We're gonna. Aaron is at the cutting edge of what we consider to be analytics, and I am more than a little confused as to why we keep referring to the Ravens' decision on Sunday as being about analytics. The analytics don't justify it alone. I, two different next-gen stats and also... Um, the, the other guy that everybody uses, the uh, fourth down decision bot on Twitter. Both have it as about a 2% swing. And everyone who knows anything about statistics would understand that if you are presented those numbers, you don't just immediately say, well, obviously we got to go with that one. It's slightly different than the other one. The way that statistics work is you're presented two numbers and you say to yourself, huh, they're about the same. I have to make a decision. I don't know why we keep talking about analytics when it comes to this. This is not a analytical decision. This is a human decision. And if it wasn't a human decision, that's a far bigger problem. If the answer has become, well, it said there was a, we, we ran the numbers and it said it was slightly different if we did this. Then blow it all up. I mean, what is the point of having a head coach? Let a computer make the decisions, man. Like, what are we doing here? I've, I've said a billion times, there's a, there are absolutely well-thought-out reasons for why you do things analytically. This ain't one of them. But we'll talk to Aaron Schatz about it. He seemed to be okay with John Harbaugh's explanation of the decision. Okay. I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Also, Football Outsiders still believes the Ravens have the third-best chances of winning the Super Bowl of anybody in the NFL. 
I like that, but I'd like uh, Aaron Schatz to explain it to me a little bit more. Sort of the godfather of uh, football, uh, uh, um, advanced statistics. Aaron Schatz will check in with us a little bit later on. It's Tuesday, so we'll preview waiver wire Wednesday with our buddy Joe Serpico from Pressbox, Pressbox Fantasy Football. <coughs> Hello, good morning. Ah, yes. That's not how I feel about Joe Serpico at all. We'll talk about um, what you do in Denver. Obviously, it's going to be the Melvin Gordon show, I guess. But, like, is Mike Boone someone you should own now? Latavius Murray someone you should own? I mean, he actually looked good for the Saints on Sunday. Now he's going to be a Bronco. Um, what do we make of the Jared Goff thing? Like, at this point, is is Jared Goff the answer to your problems if you're in quarterback hell? I mean, I'm legitimately in one league. I'm an Aaron Rodgers owner, and I'm thinking about using a waiver claim on Jared Goff. Like, it's not that Aaron Rodgers has been miserable, but, like, my God. Dude's putting up numbers. I think I definitely am using a Jared Goff because I went from Trey Lance to Tua. Yeah. Now I have Trevor Lawrence, so I don't feel particularly particularly confident in. Well, I mean, so. that's one game against a really good defense. Yeah. I'm not going to panic about Trevor Lawrence, although, again, the hilarity being if I would have just played Russell Wilson last week, I would uh, I would have won in the league where I'm winless. That's a, that's a funny bit. Um, but we'll talk about all that with Joe Serpico coming up in a minute. That's what's on the program today. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Buyatoyota.com. I blame the uh, the drip. I blame that. It ain't pleasant. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, look, man, I'm not going to get too worked up about anything um, that John Harbaugh said yesterday in his press conference. Um, I, I said yesterday, the idea that John Harbaugh was going to come out and like apologize and say to us, you know what, guys, we got that one wrong and do the Nathaniel Hackett bit, that was silly. Um, that was never going to occur. I, I still, I, I pray that internally... That's not what's going on. And I do worry about that a great deal. I worry about a disconnect. I worry about there being no ability to, to sit back and say, maybe we need to think about this a little bit more. I worry that you just commit to the bit, if you will, commit to this is who we are, and if we commit to that, we can never be wrong because it's what our identity is, and we can never reconsider and it's one thing, a lot of people are piling on decisions that were made a year ago. Like I, Guys, anything you bring up, it's like when you bring up their consecutive home losses. Anything you bring up that includes the Tyler Huntley era is nonsense. Stop. That's not the Ravens. Anything they did related to Tyler Huntley being their quarterback, whether it's results, decisions that were made, anything, all of that should be thrown out. It doesn't change the fact that they've blown two big leads at home this season with Lamar Jackson as their quarterback, and that ain't acceptable. That's a problem. But talking about, you know, losing five, what is it, five straight home games, something like that? Like, come on, man. They've lost two straight home games legitimately. They've lost others when they were the Ravens. I worry that the Ravens, I've said this before. I've always worried that they make emotional decisions. That they make decisions 
based out of frustration, that they make decisions based out of emotion. That it's actually the opposite of analytics. It, it's more like, hey, the analytics kind of say this is a crapshoot, which is what they said this week. That did not, there was no analytical answer to the conundrum that they were faced with on fourth and goal. There was not a statistic that said you should go for this. You read it that way, like you read the fourth down bot that says our advice go because it's a computer. The computer is just saying this percentage is higher than the other percentage, so we're saying go for it. Again, any human that reads those numbers and sees that one says 65 and the other says 63, any human in that situation would be like, wow, those are essentially the exact same number. What, What do we do now? There is no actual data that demanded the Ravens go for it. I worry that the decision was really made because they were frustrated about having not scored in the second half. The decision was really made because they just put together their best drive by far in two quarters and they didn't want it to come up short of seven points. I'm worried that those factors go into their decision-making because they've regularly seemed to go into their decision-making. So many of their decisions in not just this new era, not this just post-2019 era, but throughout the John Harbaugh era seem to have been emotional, feel like they've been emotional about the circumstances. And somebody would say, well, that's football. Everything, you're going to have emotion involved. There's, there's one game a week. Like, they're emotional games. But I go back to the decision to throw the challenge flag on a spot foul that you were never going to get overturned. What in the world are you doing? And it felt emotional. It felt like you were frustrated because you didn't like the spot and because you were frustrated about the way things were going offensively. And so I'm just going to throw the flag. That Nobody was able to step in and say, analytically, John, we know the data. These challenges don't get overturned. We've got it. We understand. Spot challenges don't work. We're just wasting a timeout we might need. Don't do it. Again, John, if you pulled him aside and got him a place where he's honest, he might have said, hey, we wanted to call a timeout anyway to think about going forward on fourth down, so what the hell? It, we were challenging, but it was really just calling a timeout. Maybe. And if that's the case, that's a far better explanation, but still problematic because we're losing the kind of grasp for the importance of your timeouts in the fourth quarter. They're way too important for you to waste one. I've always worried about that. So my issue isn't what John said in a press conference yesterday at all. I, I, how could it be? I've, I mean this with all due respect. It's why I kind of stopped going and I stopped watching or listening because it's theater. And that's fine. I'm not mad about that. I swear. That's their right. They don't owe, they, the Ravens are not the government. They don't owe us transparency as much as we, we might want it. I want to know things, and I'm interested in them. And if I really want to know something and I have time, I might go poke around it on, on it on my own. But they don't have an obligation. I know we want to believe that. I know we want to, well, they're a civic institution. We can keep saying that all they want. They are a business. Now, we could get into a deep dive about an antitrust exemption, and if you've got that, what that should mean for 
transparency. We could really dive into that. And I, I'd actually be interested in that conversation. But the truth is they're a business. They don't owe it to anyone to be fully truthful. And moreover, I kind of understand. When we had this conversation with Stan a couple weeks ago about the injury thing. John Harbaugh doesn't want so-and-so to know. I, I, I do. I get it. I want to know. But he doesn't want that. So whatever he said at a press conference on Monday, who knows how truthful it is? It's not my concern. My concern is what's happening privately. That's my concern. My concern is what are they talking about when, when they get together? Away from the cameras. Did they all get together yesterday and say, we nailed this. These idiots have no idea what they're talking about. We did exactly what they were suppo- we were supposed to do. It didn't work. So what? Is that what they're saying? Or maybe are they more inclined to say, you know, maybe we should have thought about that a little bit more. Or maybe if that were to come up again, we need to think about the clock situation a little bit more. Because again, uniquely, that's the problem here. As much as you guys keep screaming and yelling about, well, they were just giving up a touchdown anyway. You're ignoring the part where the Bills were able to drain out the clock because they knew they only needed a field goal. You keep ignoring that. Maybe the Ravens would have given up a touchdown. But they couldn't have given up a touchdown and drained out the clock purposefully. They might have been able to do it organically, but they couldn't have done it purposefully the way that they were able to knowing they only needed a field goal and if something were to go wrong, they had overtime in their back pocket. We keep ignoring that part of the conversation. I hope the Ravens aren't. I pray the Ravens aren't. I have no idea if they are or not. It concerns me. It concerns me that perhaps they don't think about that. That that thought hasn't crossed their mind. They're just so dug in on what it is they do, on how they run their business, that they're not thinking about the other side of it. Press conference, don't care. What the hell was John Harbaugh going to say? You guys are right. I'm wrong. I'm an idiot. I have no idea what I'm doing. Why, why do I have this job? This is crazy. Like, when, what, do we, what do you think he's going to say at a press conference? I get it. The coach only talks so many times. So if he talks, we feel like it's, there's like some obligation to listen to it or value it or whatever. But, I mean, my God, what's he going to say? You really believe that John Harbaugh is going to stand up in front of everybody and be like, man, we really effed that one up, didn't we? Be like what Nathaniel Hackett did. No, that's like, what I said, right? Like, I mean, you really believe that he's going to stand up there and be like, God, we are just, we're big idiots. How in the world are we working in this league, man? We have no idea what we're, is that what you thought was going to occur yesterday? No, not in a million years. And that's okay. And that's the part that, that people struggle with. I'm not criticizing him. I'm not. I get it. I'm in on it. I understand the shtick. The question is, what are they saying privately? 
The question is, what do they believe happened or didn't happen? And if what they believe privately is that clock be damned, we're just going to make whatever decision we want to make, that's a problem. That's, that's an issue. There's no getting around that. No matter how much nonsense you try to spew, you can't ignore the part where they didn't consider the clock. Or you're not. It's an issue. Privately, someone within that building has got to be the one to say, hey guys, I like us being aggressive. That's a good thing. Aggressiveness, like it. But we got to think about the clock. We got to think about what we're presenting on the other side of things. The hell with the message. The hell with the, all the esoteric nonsense. Plain and simple. I, uh, my buddy Mike Popovic from 105.7 The Fan was like, well, I don't agree with the going for it on, on fourth down from your own 34. Different conversation. I think there's room for opinion plenty of times. But what's indisputable is in that decision, the clock wasn't a problem. If that goes the wrong way, worst case scenario, they're going to be down by one score going into the fourth quarter or early in the fourth quarter. That's the worst case scenario that comes out of that. When you make your decision about risk, you consider that. When they did this, they presented a scenario and a situation, as we saw, where they could lose the game without ever seeing the ball again. That always has to be considered. And in certain situations, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's still a worthy gamble. I don't know. I'd, I'd be very difficult to figure out what, how to paint where that would be a worthy gamble. But it definitely wasn't in that moment, in those situations on Sunday. It most certainly was not. I am I, I'm I'm not trying to make it a week of this. I'm not trying to be the only thing that we talk about. I know the Orioles played last night. Do you really want to talk about that? Man, I, it's fine. They've clinched their winning season. This kind of doesn't matter at this point. They shut down Felix Batista. Fine. Fine. I'm not trying to do this. I'm not trying to make this the singular topic of discussion for the entirety of the week. But I get it. It's the thing that stands out the most. The good news from John Harbaugh's press conference, of course, was Rashad Bateman, who he says is day-to-day. It's still weird the way that he answered the question on Sunday. And maybe I'll chalk that up to just being so flummoxed by a loss that his brain wasn't processing it right. Like, I, I cannot believe John Harbaugh didn't answer the question on Sunday about why Rashad Bateman wasn't out there by just saying, yes, he was hurt. Like, I'm so confused by why he left that lingering in the air. I, I don't know. We'll have to take a look at that. John, you don't know, you don't know that the guy's hurt? Um, but John said yesterday that Rashad Bateman is day-to-day, which would be a very good thing. Did not, and again, we'll ad- address this with Tyus Bowser tonight, but did not make it seem like this week was likely for Tyus Bowser. So that's a bit of a bummer. They're going to practice. He and Gus Edwards are going to return to practice. But John didn't 
his his wording yesterday didn't make me feel good about the chances of either one of them playing on Sunday. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Best place to watch and bet on games. And you can win Super Bowl tickets. Straight shoot. You make a $25 futures bet on the Super Bowl. You're a live rewards member. You can register that bet at fanduel.com slash SBNAZ to win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. All you got to do, make a $25 futures bet. Get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland right now. And speaking of the Super Bowl, um, Football Outsiders still likes the Ravens' chances of winning the Super Bowl, despite their 2-2 two and two start and despite some of their questionable decision-making and despite some of the struggles they face. Joining us now, talk a little bit about that, also about John Harbaugh's decision-making. Always a man who I've thought to be on the cutting edge of everything when we consider the word analytics or advanced statistics or however you want to look at it, he is our friend Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders, and he's with us now here on GCR. Aaron, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's always great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always good. I like talking about the Ravens. They're one of my favorite teams. I, wh- this is, I, I think that this today like jumped off to a lot of people. Football Outsiders still quite bullish about the Ravens, and I... I spent a good part, because we're obviously we'll talk about the decision-making, but I spent a good part of yesterday beyond the decision-making saying, I don't know what to make of the Ravens four games into the season, because I still think they're a good team, but the, the dumbest thing to say is good teams don't blow two different three-possession leads at home. Like, that, you can't be a good team if you're doing that. Why are the Ravens still a good team despite the fact that they've blown two different three-possession leads at home? Because the best way to analyze a team is every play, not just the plays at the end of the game. And the best teams are often marked by their ability to dominate lesser opponents, not by their ability to win close games over other good teams. Hmm. Hmm. Can you... Ex- uh, can I, will, I, will, I will also say that Miami game in Week 2 was very strange. We have an, a, a, a formula we call post-game win expectancy, and it looks at, based on how well these teams played in this game and how many plays each team ran and how many penalties each team had, how often would you expect each team to win? And that game came out at Baltimore 99%, which for the last five years is the highest percentage of expected win for a team that lost a game. So they played really well. I mean, you want to smack them around for for blowing that lead at the end, but when it comes to what play on the field suggests that they will be good in the future, like there were a lot of, you know, plays that suggest this team is really good in the future. Okay. Okay, I, I, I like the sounds of that. Um, how do you factor in some of the other stuff that we've... How do you factor in them going entire halves without scoring points? How do you factor in, you know, what appears to be at times just seriously no pressure whatsoever on an opposing quarterback? Well, that's not good. I yeah, mean, right yeah, now yeah. in our rating, we actually, for this, this is for this year, not including any preseason numbers. We have the Ravens as the number one offense in the league. Okay. And the number one special teams in the league. Okay. And they're slightly below average on defense. 
So given the history of the Ravens and the defenses they put out in the past, I mean, that is disappointing, but it's not horrible. And yes, the pass rush is lacking, uh, but they're doing other things okay on defense. And their offense has been, you know, yes, there are stretches where they're not scoring, but overall their offense has been pretty darn good this year. I mean, they had 38 points in one game and 37 in another, and they haven't gone below 20. That's pretty good. Have we learned enough since J.K. Dobbins' return to believe that they're going to be fine running the ball and being the the type of balance that they need to be and not everything? Like the first couple weeks of the season, it was all on Lamar Jackson. They couldn't do anything. But have we seen – it hasn't been maybe explosive yet, but have we seen enough with J.K. Dobbins to say they can be the type of balanced offense that they need to be in order to win a Super Bowl? I mean, I don't – think you've seen enough but their running game has been much better in the last two weeks and i'm also listen i'm an analytics guy so i'm on team running backs don't matter that much i get it i mean yes they do matter some and yes they matter more for baltimore than other teams but uh i mean lamar jackson is playing awesome is a much bigger positive (laughs) than oh i'm not sure the running backs are so good is a negative Man, I hear you on all that, but we watched how this looked a year ago, right? Like I, I know oh, because he wasn't that good a year ago. I mean, he's right. played much better this year right. of passing the ball and against the blitz. He's yep. been much. Better oh, no question, no question. He's been far better against the blitz. There's no doubt about that. Um, Aaron, can can any of your guys' evaluations factor in what the Ravens don't have, but might still get back in terms of? You know, a Tyus Bowser, um, you know, a, a Ronnie Stan. I keep using Ronnie Stanley's name, and maybe we should stop using it. Maybe we need to stop considering the idea of Ronnie Stanley playing again because, my God, I don't know where this goes. But c- is there a way to factor those things in? Like, here's where they are, and we think there's a chance they could still be better because, you know, every team's going to deal with injuries, but they still have more to go the other way as far as players that aren't out there that could still help them. Yes. I mean, there is a way. And the way you do that is that you consider both, you know, early in the season, you consider both how they've played so far and what you projected before the season when you thought they would be totally healthy Mm -hmm. or when you, you know, when you expected those players to come back. And we do that with our Dave ratings, which combine both preseason projection and performance so far. And in those ratings, Baltimore is third. And so that's the reason why they're so high in our Super Bowl odds, because we have them as being really good this year, and we had them as really good going into the season. So all the, yes, the actual results on the field are two and two, but all of the knowledge we have that about what will Baltimore look like going forward mm-hmm. suggests this is one of the top teams in the league. Interesting. That is, look, you are making me feel better, Aaron, and I know that's not your responsibility anyway. Your job is literally just to look at the data, but I just need you to know it's a very rainy, miserable day in Baltimore, and it's been a tough couple of weeks of doing this, and you have brought sunshine to my life with this conversation. I, I, I just want to pass that along to you. Um, Aaron Schatz. Is, I mean, yes. this, this, is not, this is not a homer talking to I know. You. I refer I know. to the Ravens as one of my favorite teams, and that's because we like how forward they are analytically, but I'm not a... I don't live in Baltimore, and I'm Correct. not a Ravens fan. This Correct. is all just what our what our information is telling us. Um, Aaron Schatz with us here on GCR from Football Outsiders. 
All right, Aaron, let's get to somewhere where I do think we're going to end up disagreeing. Now, you and I have talked before, and I, in general, love the aggressive decision-making of the Baltimore Ravens. Here's what I'm confused by from Sunday. I don't think that you can tangibly make the argument that this was an analytical decision. And maybe you have data that I don't, right? But in looking at the numbers that I've gotten, the next-gen stats, the fourth down bot on Twitter, those things, we're talking about a decision that had a a 1.7 or 2% swing. And everything that I've learned about data, and I get I've wasted a lot of the my education doing dumb sports takery in my life. But everything that I learned about data and chance is that essentially those are the same numbers, right? That the only reason, the only way that it would be significant is if one was a 0% chance and one was a 2% chance, right? Then like, obviously, you go with the one that's a 2% chance. But if you get numbers that are like that, that alone does not define a decision that you make. So I struggle with the idea that you you defend going for it in that spot based on an, just the, this, you know, whatever you want to describe this concept of analytics, because it doesn't feel to me like the analytics definitely say this is something you have to do in that moment. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy that argument. I think that the analytics say that the better decision is to go for it, but it is close enough that you could argue that there are other circumstances that suggest that you should kick the field goal. What you can't say is that kicking the field goal is absolutely and definitely the right decision. Okay. You can say it's a toss-up, and because I don't like the way our offense is playing over the last few minutes, I think we should kick the field goal, or I trust our defense to hold them. You can, you know, therefore, even though analytics say by 2%, you should go for it, I think it's close enough that I'd rather kick the field goal. You can say that, but what you can't say is this was a bad decision. And you should at least understand why the analytics are telling you that when you make the decision. Like, why do the analytics think it's better to go for it? So uh, let me follow that up. My, my issue with the specific decision there, and it's very different because, like, when they went forward and fourth and one from their own 34, that was ballsy, obviously. But the clock said you had time to recover if the, the risk side of it was worst case scenario, you're going to be down one score at the start of the fourth quarter, right? That's the worst case scenario that could come from being fourth and inches at the end of the third quarter from your own 34-yard line. So the risk side of it was not so significant that I didn't think it was worthy of making that decision. And I still think it's debatable, but I'm on board with it. Obviously, it worked out, and so it makes it easier to say that. But in the moment, the risk part of it wasn't that overwhelming. The risk of this is the part that really factors here, which is the clock matters. And when you make a decision like this, with there being the possibility that you could give the ball to the other team, who just so happens to have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, for them to now go try to manipulate the clock only needing a field goal to win, whereas if they were down by a field goal... They clearly couldn't do that. They would be going for a touchdown, and you can't assume a touchdown, so you have to push, you have to press, you can't start manipulating the clock unless you realize you're only playing for overtime. That When you present that risk of the clock factor, 
I can't justify it. I can't think that it's okay to present a scenario where you could be giving the ball back to your opponent in a tie game to potentially never see it again. How does that weigh in? Well, I mean, it's you have to weigh that against the fact that if you score the touchdown, that they have to score a touchdown to tie. And the fact that um, normally in that situation, you do not throw an interception. <laughs> sure, sure, right. You're, you're assuming worst-case right? scenario, the they're going to be on the two. The right. is, if you fail, you've pinned them back at their own two-yard line, and there's the possibility of a safety, and plus they have an extra 18 yards they have to go. Uh, you don't expect to throw an interception and have them start at 20. <sighs> yes. But doesn't that give them more time to potentially kill off a clock, too? Like, and, and I get it. I mean, part of this problem is you're hoping that you can get a stop quickly and that by shortening the field, that helps things out. Maybe they feel the need to run the ball on the first play or two, and that helps you get them off the field a little bit quicker. But I, I still, at, at what I guess what I'm broadly asking is... I mean, as it, as it turns out, yes. if they had kicked that field goal, like, let's imagine that the Bills' drive is the same. Right. If they kick that field goal, the Bills have first and goal at the one with a minute left. They probably score a touchdown to win the game. But but the Ravens, first and goal from the one, would still have 50 seconds left to try to go do something about it. Yeah, that's true. No, like, that's true. And that's that's the part that I, I – that, I, that to me I can't shake, Aaron. And I, I get it. Like I, I'm all, This is why I wanted to talk to you because I think the conversation is worthy. But I can't shake the fact that you – they can't, from the one-yard line, just say, well, we can, we can kill the clock. We can just start thinking about the clock because we all know you can't assume that you're going to score even from the one-yard line. Like, it doesn't – that's not the way that football works. No, you, but you understand that the clock is all built into the win probability sure. model. Sure. Right, oh, I, like, right. Yeah. I, com- I completely get that. But that's, to me, why the win probability model was essentially even, right? Like, but, but I no, I agree with you. This is not one of those slam dunks where we go to the mattresses in the analytics community going, what the heck were you thinking? Right. Like, this is not like that. Okay, this is not one of those. So, yeah, we can have a disagreement about the, uh, you know, the various um, – you know, what, what's going on with the, the offense and what's going on with the defense and whether you think you can hold them and stuff. But, I mean, when it comes to the down and distance and the amount of time left on the clock and the amount of timeouts each team had, et cetera, all the win probability calculators do say that it's better to go for it there. Before you consider, is our offense playing well? Do we think we have a play that works on fourth and two? How is our defense playing? Do we think we can hold them back if we don't score here, etc.? I, 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 I guess, so broadly, if, if a win probability is essentially even, should risk be the next consideration that's made? And I understand these are difficult things to do when you only have you know, 40 seconds and not really even 40. You know, like you got to get a play in pretty quickly or you're going to end up wasting a timeout that you might need at the end of the game. Should that be the next column? Like, if the first column is win probability, and we look at those numbers, and they're essentially even, should the next column we look to when making a decision like that maybe be what is the risk? What is the you know? The, but the risk is put into the win probability. The risk the risk is included in the win probability calculation. Okay, so uh, maybe I'm I'm not saying this. Through. If if we we look at it all and everything says it's even, 
which of the the factors should be the most important thing? Because when you say, hey, this is all put into win probability, well, if that's about even, which of the factors is the most important in that that we should be looking at? I, I guess I don't think any of them is the most important. Okay. I think they're all. I think they're all important. That's why they're all included. I mean, they're all the win probability calculators. You know, weight the factors basically based on what makes you win the game more. Right. What What I'm saying is, it is a little bit of a toss up, and so. But but my argument for not doing, my, I think the argument in a toss up, the argument for not doing what win probability says you should do is all the subjective stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a better argument is, I don't think we had a play that would work there. Right. Right? I think that's a better argument for why you don't go for it in that situation than, well, I'm worried about the clock, and I'm worried about... Because all of that other stuff is included in the win probability. What's not included in win probability is, do we think we have a play that works on fourth and two, and how has our offense played over the last few Place. Sure, sure. The 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 stuff that like you know. Then again, it's supposed to be a human decision. Did, did, can you remember, Aaron, by chance, what what the thought was, or what what win probability was when the Ravens were up fourteen against Miami and decided to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal? I, I know I'm asking you for something super random from one. Yeah, football. I don't. I don't yeah. remember at all. It's it's yeah. a I, it's a very. I, I realized what I was doing as I asked that question, and I and I, I I'm not intending to put you on the spot. I promise. It was not a. This is not supposed to be like a gotcha journalism moment or something like that. Um, because I, you know, that one was one that was criticized. You had the opportunity to go up three scores in the fourth quarter, like. You know, essentially, don't you put a game out of risk? And everybody else would say, hey, the Dolphins still scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So being up 17 points probably wouldn't have made that much of a difference in that moment. I don't know what the answer is. Um, and, and I again, I, I am I am largely in favor. I, let me, I guess let's wrap with this, Aaron. Once you decide to become a team like this, do you almost have an obligation that you that you have to do this, that you can't waver in moments because it allows for there to be doubt that creeps in. It allows for people to second guess. Like if you decide you're going to be a team that says, Hey, 65 versus 63 is valuable to us. It says we should go for it. Do you, do you almost have to be that team at that point? I think there's a little bit of an element of that. Sure. Um, I'm not thinking, listen, I'm not thinking about facing the media and the fans. I'm thinking about what's going through your players' minds. I mean, you want, you want your players to have the confidence to feel they can get those situations. If you're going to put them in those situations, you want your players to feel they're going to get them. I, I like that. And I, for the most part, it seems like, other than Marcus Peters, <laughs> other than one, it seems like the players tend to be on board with it. There is a one glaring example of someone who was not on Sunday, and we'll see how the Ravens handle that moving forward. Yeah, it's not like anybody's ever had any personality issues with Marcus Peters. No, and that's what I said. Like, I, I, none of that really gets me all that worked up because we know Marcus Peters is an emotional player. Frankly, I, his time in Baltimore has been you know, really, quiet. really remarkably quiet, right? <laughs> like, almost imp- when, when the trade was made, I remember talking to everybody within the Rams, and they were like, yeah, you know, there's going to be a few of these. You're going you're gonna to deal with that, and, 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 and good luck with it. And I was like, okay, and then we hadn't seen it at all. So I was not all that concerned about an emotional player being an emotional in a moment. Like, that was, 
Like it, it would be far different if it was a different player to me um, that was emotional like that. Aaron, what can I plug for you, man? You've you've always been so good to us. What what can I get plugs in for? Yeah, the site is footballoutsiders.com, and I just talk a little bit about an FO Plus subscription. That's our premium service. Go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Uh, you get picks against the spread. You now get over-under picks. We just added those last week. Weekly fantasy projections, a really cool film study article every week with Derek Klassen previewing, previewing all the week's games. And uh, you now get our DVOA stats a day earlier on Monday wow. if you're an FO Plus subscriber. So check that out at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. And if you just want to feel what we're about before you subscribe, just read all the content on the site. There's lots of content there, lots of new stuff about Geno Smith and the history of benched quarterbacks coming back as starters and fantasy preparation and talking about Saquon Barkley and a, a lot of different things. Should I be should, should I be playing Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers at this point in my in my fantasy world? <laughs> I'm starting. Uh, remember what I said about uh, incorporating preseason knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Fair. I still fair. I still don't think I would I still don't think I would do that. At fo underscore ashats on Twitter is how you follow him. Aaron, really appreciate the conversation, man. Thank you for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me on. Aaron Schatz with us here on GCR from Football Outsiders. Appreciate him taking the time. And, you know, I I understand his point of view, and I understand him saying, hey, look, that's all baked in to the consideration. And even with that risk of the clock in play, it still said there was a slight advantage to go for it. I understand what he's saying. I'm just not on board with the idea that that's – that 65 versus 63 or whatever the numbers were from next-gen stats that were 1.7 actually says there's an advantage to doing this. That I, I don't know everything about statistics, believe it or not. I know you all think that I'm a genius and I understand it's a burden. But what I do know about statistics, particularly in probability and chance, is that those numbers are essentially the same and the circumstances would have to be extraordinarily unique for me to say that one of those numbers was more significant than the other. It's not hard data, right? Like, if um, if someone has 51% of the vote and the other person has 49% of the vote, then we know because that's hard data. That's not chance. That's not probability. That is, there is a 100% pie that has been baked. This person has 2% more. They're the winner. But in probability and chance, we're not adding up to 100%. So the circumstances would have to be extraordinarily unique, right? Like if, for example, my life was at stake and one thing said 65 and the other thing said 63, either I would have to have predetermined knowledge. And that's what he, he's referring to about, like, hey, you just don't like, you smelling the smoke again? Yeah, I am. What are we... We got to figure out what's going on, man. This is the third time that's occurred where I'm smelling smoke here in the uh, the studio, and I don't... Is it that computer? Is it overheating? I'm very nervous. And I know this is not related to the topic at hand, but like I'm very nervous about... Is that where the smell's coming from? I, I, I don't think so. Okay. I feel like it'd be much stronger, and it doesn't, all right, it doesn't all right, seem all right, overly all right, hot all either. Right, all right, all right. Very good. I mean, it'd be better if that's the case. And it's not this computer either. It's not, is the is the cooling pad on underneath that computer? That is, yeah. what's that? It is. is the cooling pad on? Yeah. And is it? It's not, it's not that computer. Yeah. Okay. 
All right. Sorry, I mean, I mean, it is when... You, very, you made me very nervous yeah. there for a second. The Pal. cooling pad is... Very on. nervous. All right. Um, let me get back to the point that I was tempting <laughs> to make, that I was derailed by, because there was a smell of smoke. And, and, and believe it or not, that's not... We don't <laughs> like that. Not a good thing when you experience that. Uh, you know how to break a window, right, if we need to get out? Like sure. you're You're prepared. Yeah, to, I guess so. Uh, John, we might need to get a machete in the, in the office, just in case. Thank you. Appreciate that. John's going to get us a machete. Uh, should it be needed? I guess a f- like an axe would probably be an axe. Whatever yeah. you know, what I mean, whatever we need to get. Um, the point being, sixty-five versus sixty-three. If my life is at stake and I have no other predetermined information that can't be defined by data, then I might fall in line with the sixty-five, right? But in a situation where I'm just trying to determine which is better for me, I'm going to look at those numbers every time and say they're the same number. So now that's why I say which individual factor is the next part of the column when you say, hey, all of that is baked into that overall. Okay, so what's the next one? For some people, they would say the next one is the success rate, right? Like, well, we know that on a 20-yard field goal, Justin Tucker is a 100% success rate, whereas going for it on fourth and three is only like a 47% success rate. So if the total numbers, if everything factored in is essentially even, I'm going to turn to success rate. And success rate would be the reason why you would choose to kick the field goal because big picture is even. The question of whether or not what you do individually is going to work actually lines up with the other scenario. For me, risk. Ultimately, for me, in that situation, if everything is even... Big picture is even. Risk is always going to be the, the biggest part of the pie. What is the risk of failure? Now, this is where some alpha male type would say, oh, that's, why, that's why you do what you do and I do what I do, because you're worried about what might go wrong and I worry about what might go right. Okay. Now, congratulations. Go enjoy eating your, your, your you know, penises or whatever it is that you do, which I'm, that's the legitimate thing that those types love eating you know mike bordick's out there eating testicles not that i'm mike i'm doing a mike bordick impression um this is a real thing these like these primal males eat animal penises that's a thing that's not yeah like uh, what the liver king yes like that that guy guy eats penis this is not me making a joke that's an actual thing these types i was lost for a second i was like oh you're actually penises they do it yes that's a fact that's they puff their chest they say you worry about what could go wrong and i worry about what might go right all right chief well if that's what was going on on sunday you were wrong (laughs) you you thought about what might go right and you lost so you know god bless you all of this matters and to me the big picture yes the if i looked at that number and going for it win probability told me i had a 75 percent chance and kicking a field goal told me I had a 64% chance. There's no debate. I know what I'm doing. Those numbers ain't even. But it didn't say that because clearly the risk was significant. And so if the total picture says it's even, for me, the next thing I'm turning to is the risk and specifically related to the clock. That's... That's the decision that I make in that moment. Yeah, I think ten I'm times out of ten, kind of change my mind on this. Like I think the more the more uh, we talk about it, the more I think it is the right decision. It was the right decision to go. For Why? It. Because, and the only reason that it's 
that it's this big of a discussion, I think, is because the worst possible outcome happened, and that was that he threw an interception yeah, in the end zone it's, that put them out at the twenty. So the, because the, they get it back at the two, and I mean, obviously, they can they could of course put together another four minute yeah, drive. Yeah, I'm not I'm not buying the idea that that was going to make that big of like that would matter I, to me more if the Ravens had an excellent pass rush. It would matter to me more if the Bills would be scared off of throwing the football in that situation. And there was nothing that had occurred that would suggest they would be scared off of throwing the football. Like, nothing that had happened. I mean, they'd still be at the two-yard line. I, think. I understand that. Yeah. But they had not been, there had not been consistent pressure on Josh Allen. Another team might say, hey, we have to run the ball here. And that gives you a better chance of stuffing the run, getting out of it quickly. But the Bills aren't another team, and the Ravens aren't the team that's going to force that because they don't have that. That there is not great risk of a quarterback standing in the end zone and getting sacked by the Baltimore Ravens. Josh Allen's not a quarterback who's at great risk of getting sacked. Like there's all of those things are factors. So that alone, to me, is unique to going back to the specific to your team. The Ravens aren't good at rushing quarterbacks. Josh Allen is not an easy quarterback to sack. So those two factors to me say the Bills aren't going to be scared being at their own two or three yard line, whatever it's going to be, of throwing the ball from the end zone. And an extra 18 yards is not going to be the difference in this. If anything, it's just going to be more time for them to kill off a clock. Another team, a team with a better defense, a team that's better at getting after quarterbacks, if you were facing a quarterback who is more of a statue, if you were facing Joe Flacco, for example, there would be a great argument to, well, if you can pin him back at the two-yard line, you're in shape because the Jets probably, that's not Joe Flacco anymore, it's Zach Wilson, they probably have to run the ball because they can't take the risk of Joe Flacco standing in his own end zone because he's a statue. The Bills can take that risk because they believe that Josh Allen can get out of trouble. So the 18-yard difference does not, it just doesn't weigh much. In fact, the only thing it does is actually play in more to my hand of it's more time they can kill off the clock in the process. And the thing is, they did get a stop, like, on that drive, and then it was negated by the roughing the passer, which, I I mean, I hate to that was. I don't think that was... That That was was third down, I think. Are you sure it was third down? I'm almost almost positive. I think it was third down, but... But... I'll double check. Okay. But, I mean, like, so even if they do pick up the first first down, the Ravens have, like, they, 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 it's a broadcaster tip, initial first down. The initial first down. Yes. Got it. Thank you. Yes. Just to pick up the initial first down. By the way, plenty of very good broadcasters that get that wrong, too. The initial first down. And, um, but then they, they eventually get a stop, and then it's maybe even closer to midfield, and, then the Bills are probably in a position where no, they... It was actually on a first down play. It definitely was, it was really? not on a third was down it really? play. Was it really? They did not know. get a stop on that. There was, one, there was only one third... That's not true. The field goal was also kicked on third down. The only other third down on that play was third and two, and it was a pass to Dawson Knox for 20 yards. There was okay. almost no resistance on that drive. Okay. All right. I was, I was, I was completely wrong about that. Yeah. My apologies. So, I mean, I just... All of this goes into... You, you, you can't... There's nothing. There's nothing that has been presented to me that in any way justifies it. No one has presented me something that justifies it. And somebody would say, well, it's easy to say that because it failed. Yeah. I don't, I, I, I don't operate that way. I just, I'll never operate that way. I, you guys can praise Lamar Jackson for that goofy bounce-around pass that ended up being caught by Devin DuVernay on the sideline. It was a horrendous throw. He gets no credit for that. 
You can never, ever, ever make that throw. You don't get to say, well, hey, the result was good, so it worked. No. You don't. An NFL quarterback, not just Lamar Jackson, any Zach Wilson can't make that throw. Geno Smith can't make that throw. Nothing good should have happened on that play. It's not about the results. It's about the process. And there is an indefensible process here. You can't just say it's analytics. I do appreciate that Aaron Schatz and I can at least agree upon that. I agree with him. The analytics also don't say you have to kick the field goal. That's where humans have to get involved. Hiding behind analytics here is nonsense. And I pray, again, no matter what they say publicly, but internally, that's not what the Ravens are doing. I know we just spent a freaking hour. I'm so sorry. We're going to preview waiver wire Wednesday in a minute. Joe Serpico is going to join us from Press Box. We will talk about other things in the world of football that are not just the Ravens and one fourth down decision. And I do want to get into um, a question that was brought up to me uh, first on the post game show yesterday, and then again by an emailer about whether or not the Ravens would just be better if they had, even if they could survive with just better inside linebacker play, which is interesting. So we'll get to that in hour number two of the program as well. If you missed it yesterday, stand the fan. Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson got together to sort of put the bow on the Ra- the Orioles season. It was a little roundtable discussion they had on Facebook Live. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. YouTube.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. We really should kind of streamline this and make it easier for your pal Glenn, but whatever youtube.com slash pressbox online and uh, pressboxonline.com slash video those are all the ways that you can find that show uh, we'll talk uh, waiver wire wednesday next it's glenn clark radio see olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the mars maryland five star at fair hill presented by brown academy october 13th or 16th in cecil county don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping there's also great shopping and activities including a fresh food fest corgi race and a beer wine and spirits showcase so come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the mars maryland five star at fair hill presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 
enrichment, 15 sick days, earn per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face tonight we will be at guilford hall brewery 1611 guilford avenue in station north for the tyus bowser show with special guest mark andrews come out meet the guys enjoy the delicious Bavarian menu, the excellent craft beers at Guilford Hall Brewery. Man, that place is so cool. That place is amazing. It is truly a gem in our city. Guilford Hall Brewery. You're going to get there and be like, this, this, I, this? It is such a spectacular facility. Uh, multiple levels inside, outdoor seating available as well. They host great events throughout the week, trivia, yappy hours, great place to go and watch the games on Sunday. They're now open seven days a week. Find out more by going to guilfordhall.com. That's guilfordhall.com. But we will see you tonight at Guilford Hall Brewery. A couple of things really quickly. I've got new power rankings coming up today at pressboxonline.com. Obviously another new number one as I had Miami number one last week. I will admit I'm stunned by how bad the Rams looked last night. I had convinced myself that the Rams were going to get back to being the team to beat in the NFC and that we were maybe overhyping the Eagles slightly, not to take anything away from what the Eagles have done, because I do think they're a very complete roster. I think they're an incredibly well-built team. But I just thought that, like, hey, the Rams are still the team to beat. Um, They didn't just look pedestrian last night. They looked bad like they looked lost Kyle Shanahan owned Sean McVay in the the regular season but that's the weird part right because I that was brought up like Stan the fan brought that up when I made that my lock um you made the the Rams your lock my my made one of my lock something for the week I don't remember the Rams are my lock loser the Niners are my lock winner I don't remember what it was he was like well don't they own I'm like yeah but did you see the NFC championship game like we keep falling back on that as if the NFC championship game didn't occur so I, I get that you would say, well, hey, it's it's just a matchup. Right, but, like, we saw with our eyes what happened in the NFC Championship game a year ago. 
It's the damnedest thing. Um, the other thing that I saw a few people reacting to yesterday was Odell Beckham getting a workout with the Giants, which in and of itself is an interesting story, or at least taking a visit with the Giants. Maybe it's not necessarily a workout yet. Um, he took a visit with the Giants, which alone is quite interesting, right? Because it's Odell Beckham and the Giants, and the Giants are off to this kind of surprising 3-1 and one start and, you know, are a factor. However, you know, you want to describe it, like four weeks into the season, they're a factor. So if they can keep that up, could Odell Beckham end up helping them at some point this season? And I saw from a few people, I know Rita was one of them, who said... I don't understand why the Ravens wouldn't be kicking the tires on, Ode- on, o- on Odell Beckham. And I will join that chorus. And I don't know that they aren't. And certainly we don't even know if Odell Beckham can definitely play football this season. But if he can, I would absolutely kick the tires on Odell Beckham. I was a guy that was down on Odell Beckham and was not interested a year ago. And didn't I feel like an idiot when he was a massive part of the reason why the Rams were able to get over the hump and win a Super Bowl? So, I, I'm not trying to say he's an answer. I'm not trying to say that I think he could be a game changer. I, I, I saw a lot of people talking yesterday about, like, you know, there, there are all sorts of stuff being thrown around, particularly before we, like, heard that it was fairly good news about Rashad Bateman. Ravens fans were talking about maybe trying to target Robbie Anderson in a trade because Carolina looks like they're going to fall apart and... Maybe Matt Rule is going to run away and, and think about a next college job, and it could just get dark there very quickly. Um, you know, that's all well and good. I, I'm, I'm interested in any of those things. I didn't see anything before the season that made me comfortable about the Ravens in the wide receiver position. Obviously, Devin Duvernay has played quite well, but that still gives you two. <laughs> like, that's, that's the list. You feel good about two of your wide receivers. So I'm interested in any of those things, at least kicking the tires and figuring out. I'm not trying to give up something real for Devin, uh, sorry, for um, Robbie Anderson. But yeah, make a phone call. Make a phone call about any of them dudes. Figure out. They have a good roster, but I think we would all agree it's a roster that could still use an amount of improvement. All right. Uh, it is Tuesday. On Tuesdays, we look ahead to Waiver Wire Wednesday. This Waiver Wire Wednesday preview is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. You go right now to ginsugrills.com and you can pre-order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Use the code TAILGATE and you will save $100 in the process Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Again, ginsugrills.com. Use that code tailgate. All right, he's there. He's our buddy Joe Serpico, and he's with us now here on GCR. Joe, what's going on, pal? Trying to stay uh, dry today. How's yeah, it kind of a that? miserable couple of days. I don't know. When, when will Absolutely. it end? When, when will we get fall? This is the best time of the year. I just want a nice fall I don't fall feel like we're day. skipping it. Ah, it sucks. Um, Joe, a couple of big uh, headlines for me as we get into uh, Waiver Wire Wednesday. Obviously, we start in Denver with Javante Williams now out. Um, I, I assume that Melvin Gordon is owned in most places. I guess the dumb guy thing to say would be if for some reason I noticed that he was on the Waiver Wire in one of my leagues, I, are you – is it just Javante Williams owners that should be using a claim for Melvin Gordon, or should anybody be using a claim for Melvin Gordon at this point? 
everybody. That that's for sure. Um, the only concern would be uh, Gordon did get in the doghouse a little bit this past weekend for fumbling, and that's become an issue. He's got to fumble in every game this season. Um, so that's your only concern there. But there's really nobody else there now to challenge Melvin Gordon for those touches uh, going into this season. You know, the thing was that Melvin was going to be a thorn in uh, Javante Williams' uh, owner's side, and. Uh, Williams looked like he was just about to take off with that job, to be brutally honest with you. But for now, like if, if Melvin Gordon's available, you absolutely got to spend, uh, especially you know if you are in dire need of a uh, running back, especially, again, if you had Williams, you uh, got to do what you got to do there to uh, fill that spot. So if, if he's available, which I'm going to be brutally honest, that would be highly unlikely. Right. But if he is, you've got to absolutely scoop him up this week. The next part of that, of course, being if if you're in a league where Melvin Gordon isn't available, are you considering a Mike Boone or Latavius Murray? Are they maybe guys that, hey, you're not using a waiver claim on, but if they're lingering on Thursday, perhaps it's worth stashing one of those dudes on your roster? I would go with the latter. I wouldn't waste uh, any, you know, fab on any of those guys but if they're still there like you said on thursday definitely scoop one of them up because like i said before um he's had a little bit of an issue holding on the football and you know right now they're saying that uh it'll be gordon's job but towards the end of that game and on that last series it was mike boone that was in it was not melvin gordon um that could have been just you know kind of a situation at the time but that's how it kind of played out this past week so i would definitely keep an eye on mike boone I do think that Latavius Murray signing is uh, one to also keep an eye on. He actually yeah. might be the better option of those two that we're just talking about here, just because he's got a proven track record. Uh, and just this past week alone with the Saints, uh, he had a pretty solid day and uh, with Kamara out due to injury. So I would say um, if I had to pick between the two uh, right now, Murray, but those are like guys I'm putting at the end of my bench, just kind of hoping, well, you don't want to hope for injury, but you know, if it happens, you have the guy there. Uh, let's talk about Jared Goff, because, again, a guy that I'm assuming is not available in most leagues, although, again, was available in one of my three leagues when I poked around. Uh, I'll tell you, I'm an Aaron Rodgers owner in the league where Jared Goff is available. And I, I know it sounds crazy to suggest that there's some world where I put in a waiver claim for Jared Goff and I consider playing Jared Goff over Aaron Rodgers, but, like, I don't know, man. Is it actually all that crazy to think about that? No, because if you're crazy, then I'm crazy with you. Because I was actually I was uh, getting ready to put that up in the piece that's going up on Press Box today. That as of right now, you want golf. Golf is in an offense where they're just slinging it because that defense absolutely stinks. It's the worst in the NFL, and you can see every week why. Um, but with you know with the Packers situation, they seem content on just giving the ball to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a hundred times a game, it seems like, and, you know, just peppering Romeo Dobbs, you know, eight to eight targets a game and just kind of being satisfied with it. So, no, the way things are going with the Lions right now, they're the highest-scoring offense in the NFL, which is I can't believe those words just came out of my mouth That's talking nuts. about the Lions offense. Uh, but, yeah, those I mean, you almost have to play golf right now. He's every game because of that defense, they have to air it out. And that's what you're looking for in fantasy. Until we see those Rodgers games where, you know, we used to get back in the day, 300 yards, three touchdowns a game, uh, you almost feel like you have to go with golf because you know you're going to at least get that from him at the time being. It's, it's wild. It's wild that this is where we are. It really world, is. But I never would have thought about that with Jared Goff. Dude, I'm definitely, I am definitely claiming him. Like, I'm doing it. I am claiming Jared Goff in my Aaron Rodgers league. And, 
Um, and look, I, I don't know if I'll get him or not because I'm gonna imagine that there are gonna be a lot of other people that are gonna be interested in Jared Goff at this point. Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst, with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, this is an interesting week, right? Because this is, you know, for guys that were pup list, this is the first time that they can start, you know, practicing. And, you know, whether we see some of these guys or not, I guess the question just becomes, are they worth roster stashes? Are they worth, you know, waiver claims versus, hey, I would start thinking about these guys again, maybe later in the week after we get to the waiver pay period. And I'm talking about guys like, you know, Brian Robinson, who's an amazing story in Washington. I'm talking about guys like, um, even Gus Edwards here in Baltimore. Talk about those specific guys, and are there other guys out there that maybe fit into that where, hey, we might not see them this week, but now that they can start practicing, we should start thinking about them being worth a roster spot. Uh, for me, it's definitely Brian Robinson. I think I talked about him last week or the week prior just because it was no real secret that uh, Antonio Gibson kind of had lost that job uh, as the uh, summer was coming to an end there. Uh, it sounded like he was actually being relegated to just uh, special teams at the time, and, and it would have been uh, a two-headed monster of Robinson and uh, J.D. McKissick. Uh, but, you know, the unfortunate situation with him, with the carjacking, fortunate for him, he's okay, and he's going to make this comeback uh, sooner rather than later. But he's definitely – I would definitely put in a claim for him. He's one of the guys I do want a part of because it does sound like he is going to get – a good chunk of carries moving forward now, as opposed to Gus. Well, it's kind of a, he's going to be one, a one B kind of deal. And it might take a while even for that to be the case. Uh, unfortunately, the injury to justice Hill opens up maybe a spot for, uh, for Gus to come back this week. I don't think it was too, too serious for Hill, but you know, it doesn't look like he'll probably play this week, maybe next as well. And that kind of will bump everybody up. But as far as Gus goes, I don't think I'm wasting, um, an actual waiver claim on him this week. If he's still there for you, let's say Thursday, grab him. But Brian Robinson, like I said before, he should be the guy uh, for the commanders moving forward. So you do want a piece of him. Don't go crazy to grab him, but I, I want everything to do with him, even though, the, again, that's another offense that kind of stinks right now. Anybody else that fits that bill that's, that's worth at least looking at? It's... Well, my preseason darling uh, would be Tyler Algier. Yeah. Uh, if he's somehow out there for you, absolutely go get him now that uh, Cordero Patterson is on injured reserve. So you'll you'll have that. Uh, Algier's been a guy I've been talking about all off season. I didn't think this would be the way he'd get that line. I thought it would slowly you know, ramp up to him to get those carries. But that time has come a little sooner rather than later. And if you, like me, have been holding on to him, kind of hoping for that to happen, uh, you're, you know, ooh, in the world. Yeah, all right. Looks like you disconnected. Oh, okay. Yeah. Don't know exactly what the story was. We will try to get that figured out with Joe Serpico as he's with us here this morning. I am, I, this is the difficult part about when we have these conversations. I'm literally on my apps, like in my leagues, trying to figure out if I can grab these guys as he's telling me about them. And then I, uh, I sometimes lose my train of thought in the process because I start getting panicked about whether or not. Yeah, I am legitimately putting in a claim for Jared freaking golf. Like, that is a thing that is happening in my life. Got it. <sighs> you're all good. You're all good. What a world. What a world we live in. I'm doing that right now. I just put in my Jared Goff claim. Now I'm going to go see about Brian Robinson at the same time. Um,. Uh, we good. Joe's yes. back. Joe Serpico is back with us. By the way, uh, this uh, waiver wire Wednesday preview also brought to you by the Maryland Five Star Sea Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events. 
At the Mars, Maryland five-star at Fairhill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Back to Joe Serpico, our press box fantasy football analyst. Let me give you one more name, Joe. Um, Rashad White had a big game on Sunday. I, I know that it's like Leonard Fournette's still the guy there, but are you monitoring that at all? Absolutely. It seemed like the, well, the, the plan for him for much of the season was probably to not have Fournette handle all of the, uh, the pass-catching duties. And this past weekend, I mean, the Chiefs were absolutely blowing out uh, the Buccaneers for most of that game. So they were kind of in pass-happy mode. And White was the beneficiary of that. Uh, he definitely got a lot more touches than a lot of people. You know, I'm a Fournette owner, so every time I saw that guy on the field, not too happy to see him out right. there. Um, so it is a situation to definitely keep an eye on. But uh, for the most part, Fournette is still your main guy. Uh, White might be a guy you maybe want to stash. Again, don't waste any uh, any waiver c- currency on that guy. But if you know if you notice in the next couple weeks that you know, those touches start to ramp up, he's a guy you want at the end of your roster just in case. Because as it looks right now, if something were to happen in Fournette, it looks like it's White's job. What about George Pickens? Ooh, that's a tough one, just because of that quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, a lot of people think that it's going to be better now that Pickens is in there. I mean, Pickens does have a little bit of a liver arm, maybe to push the ball downfield, which will be more beneficial to Pickens' game. Um, it looks like they're starting to finally – get him the targets. Uh, we were kind of hoping that came a little bit earlier than, let's say, week four. Uh, this past week, he's had that first 100-yard game. Um, he's a guy, again, if you can stash him at the end of your bench, do so. Don't go crazy uh, trying to use any fab on him just because we. it's almost a wait to be see how Kenny Pickett's going to look like in the NFL. Um, to be brutally honest, I don't want a whole lot to do with any Steelers right now just because things look no, kind of ugly it. there. It does, it does not look uh, great. It does not look great in those circumstances. Um, anybody else specifically for waiver wire or, again, just names, file away if they're sitting around on Thursday, let's talk about them then. Anybody else we should be monitoring this week? I believe I've talked about him with you guys before, but uh, I've been kind of big on Corey Davis for a good mm-hmm. part of the offseason, and it took some time for you know the, the large amount of targets to come in. But it's kind of been proven now, whenever Zach Wilson's in the lineup, he's looking for Corey Davis, uh, and he's a guy that you know, they're paying him a good chunk of change. And even though they have other receivers there, I think everybody kind of forgot about Corey Davis you know, because of all the hype with Elijah Moore and Garrett Wilson and some of the other pieces they have brought in there. But it's it's been Corey Davis as their alpha to start the season. So he's a guy uh, – that is one player I would be willing to spend a little bit of uh, currency on, just you know, have him, let's say, as your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Because, uh, I mean, we're only a couple weeks away from bye weeks coming around as well. So it is time to start thinking about that. And then while I'm thinking about it, bye weeks, I've always had you know, a theory. You always want to plan ahead for those things. Uh, you don't want to be that guy that's trying to pick up a quarterback or a tight end that week just because most likely they're not the only person with their quarterback or tight end on a bye. So if you can pick them up a week early, uh, I always think that's the smartest strategy when you're handling bye weeks. I get it. And obviously bye weeks start in week six this year. So be aware of that. All right, sir, at Joe Serp on Twitter is how everybody can follow you. And, of course, they can see your stuff every day at PressBoxOnline.com. We are riding the Jerry Goff train. Appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Absolutely. What a world. Jerry Goff to the rescue. That's what we're doing. That's the, that's the world we are living in. 
is the world in which we are hoping to have Jared Goff save us. And yet, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm putting in the claim right now for Jared freaking Goff, man. That's where we are. Appreciate Joe Serpico taking the time for us here to uh, preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Um, oh, you know what, Dan? This is a, this is a a very fair comment. Dan says, Glenn, um, I appreciate the fact that uh, you are still holding steady on your opinion about it and that your opinion is justified based on the risk factor. I thought your last question to Aaron Schatz was really interesting, that once a team establishes their identity, do they simply have an obligation to be that team? I feel like you've actually brought that up before. I feel like there have been circumstances, both last year and this year, where you were puzzled by the Ravens' decision-making because you've said, and I'm quoting loosely, if that's who you're going to be, go be that team. You know what, man? Dan, I think you're right. I think I have said those words before. I'm sure what you'll say is that there is a limit to that and that you can't be reckless in the process. But I do think that at some point, if the Ravens have decided that this is their identity, they kind of have to be that team. It's the reason I asked the question, and I, and I think he's 100% right. I do believe, and I, I can't off the top of my head tell you what the circumstances are. I might have even said it in the Miami situation. Like, this is who you are. This is what you're going to be. You can't back off of that now. And I don't think that was my immediate reaction to it. I do think I justified their decision to go for it. I do think I justified it. But I did, I, I did say I could see the argument either way. And I might have very well said, because I, I does feel like something that I've said a couple times where they've made a specific decision and I've kind of said, really? I thought, I thought you were the aggressive team now. But there's a line. There, there is a line in these circumstances. For example, Griffin, if the Ravens were up by three in that situation, the argument would be go for the touchdown because that makes it a two-possession game. Flip side argument, yes, but if you get the field goal, now the other team has to go score a touchdown in order to win. They can't just kick a field goal and go to overtime. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't. I don't know. I think we would all know that if they were up by seven in that circumstance, the right answer is to kick the field goal, right? Like we all know if you're up by seven and you have the ball fourth and goal from the three-yard line, that you kick the field goal with four minutes left because you're making it a two-possession game. There shouldn't be any debate, right? Like, it's an obvious decision to make there. Even if you are the always aggressive team, even if that's in your MO, we want to be aggressive. We want to go for it. We want, we want the players on our team to embrace that and expect it and know that's who we are and that's what we're going to do. But even if that's your identity... If you're up by seven points or even by six points with four minutes and change left and you have the ball fourth and goal from the three, you know exactly what you're doing. You're kicking the field goal because making it a two-possession game is more valuable than constantly being aggressive. This one was very unique to me. That no matter what you are, who you are, what you do, you have to factor in the risk should it go wrong. And the risk was giving the ball to your opponent with a chance that you might never see it again. And I can't, 
your identity, your style, all of those factors get thrown out when you're running the risk of not seeing the ball again. Can't do that. Just can't do that. But I get the question, Dan. I completely understand it. Um, when we come back in, I was asked about inside linebackers. And is the bigger problem for the Ravens inside linebacker and not edge rush? I want to talk about that next. Uh, it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever is on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State. And we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily cover of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit Join Baltimore countypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing... 
we'll take a three and a half star review too. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. The Oktoberfest menu is here and it's spectacular. Oh, it's got everything the chicken schnitzel, the um, <clears throat> brewer sausage platter, the brewer sausage sandwich. All outstanding. Plus, the Bavarian burger with the pretzel bun, the slam dunk pretzels, and the cheddar ale soup. You just got to get to Glory Days Grill, man. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Micah, M- MC Ernest is here. Did you cut your hair? Did you get a haircut? I did. You did get a haircut. I got a haircut this weekend, too. Look at us. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, look at us getting our hairs cut. Um, uh, so, two things. One, I have not... <laughs> I meant to include the the thing... The, the fishing scandal from the weekend is my is my favorite story in the history of time. It's not for the young youths. It wouldn't show up in Friday's segment. It's definitely, like, no young person would care at all about a fishing tournament. But my God, it's the most amazing scandal in the history of sports. If you're not familiar, and, of course, we've been talking so much about the stupid fourth down thing that we haven't, you know, yeah. we haven't been able to talk about anything else. If you're not aware of what happened this tournament in Ohio where apparently these two dudes who have been very successful and, and I don't know what the governing body of fishing is or how to, I, I don't know what the masters of, of competitive fishing is or what the U S I know the thing down in ocean city is huge. The white Marlin open is a, a big fishing tournament, but I don't know if the same people compete in that that compete in this. I just don't know anything about competitive fishing. All I know is if you're not familiar with this story, these two dudes have been successful competitive fishers and apparently you fish in pairs on this whatever this tour is like it's specifically that's fun two people yeah i yeah. prefer it to one person but like at the white marlin open i'm pretty sure it's like a whole boat right like i'm pretty sure you have like a whole team of people that are involved in that type of fishing and i think these because you're fishing for smaller fish you do it in pairs again can't pretend to know everything not going to be a fishing expert today okay. that day is not coming they were fishing and maybe for some time have been doing this. <laughs> so much so that they were required at a previous tournament to take a lie detector test. Oh my. Now, maybe that's something that just happens all the time. I'm not sure. Again, I don't know fishing well enough. Because when I heard, when you read this story, I want to make sure I get all of the facts right. It's a fun story. It's an it amazing a, eh. story. It's an amazing story. The only better than the story is the video that comes with it of the reaction to them getting caught cheating. Um, oh, I didn't see the video yet. Oh, it's just every... Like, it's it's a hundred dudes that all look exactly the same, and they're all screaming F-words at them. I love this headline. It says they get the max penalty. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh, what, what is the max this penalty? Is, uh, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen what they've been penalized This, this one's on CNN, and yeah. it just says the winner winner of fishing tournament rocked by cheating scandal. Hopes right. alleged cheaters get, okay, they hope the alleged cheaters get the max well, that's penalty. Well, that's a bit different. That's not exactly yeah. the same. Um, so, Because I, I was wondering, I, I the all of these dudes that are at this fishing tournament, all their competitors are just screaming out, F you, you F all at the same time, like in a chorus. It's actually beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful sound. I We should play it. you got to find the video, but we're going to have to warn people. It's a major adult content alert, like significant adult content alert if we play it. Um, they're, they're all like, you should be in jail. You F. Like, it is, that's theft. Call the police. And like, I don't know how the world works yeah, it I, don't looks like, I don't even are. know what the max penalty is it was just some quote from some guy and he, he just says i hope they give they get them for everything they can dude <laughs> i think it's death I yeah, think yeah. De- you can get the death penalty over this 
they were sticking lead weights <laughs> inside the fish that they were catching so the fish would weigh more. And apparently, like, all of the other fishermen have always known they had to be cheating because, like, they know the size of these fish. Like, there's no way that a fish a certain size could possibly weigh that much. So at some point, um, they had to take a freaking um, – by the way, the, the boat is boat number 12, Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon. How did I know it would be boat number 12? Right. It's always, it's always number 12, ain't it? It's always number 12. That's always the one. Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon who – who brought up their catch for the day needed to beat 16.89 pounds. And they slightly did 33.9 twice the amount. I'm going to read this from Yahoo sports. The silence that greeted Fisher's announcement was the first sign that something was very much amiss. No applause, no cheers, just silence. And then the muttering started. Damn. One man said in disbelief, (laughs) 33, Quote, your fish are so much bigger than his, unquotes, another said, apparently trying to reconcile what he saw with what the scale read. A third simply declared, quote, no effing way, unquote. As Runyon and Kaminsky posed with their fish, Fisher, who is the tournament director at this Cleveland fishing tournament, decided to take a closer look. He'd spent his life around walleye, that's the fish that they were fishing for, and he knew that the five fish he was looking at should weigh somewhere around 15 to 20 pounds. Certainly not more than 30. The crowd milled about, uncertain what to do next. Quote, we're going to do a little tallying up, unquote, Fisher said to the crowd. Then he knelt beside one of the fish. The guy's name is Fisher? Yeah, it's pretty, but with, <laughs> a, with a C, though, okay. which is a bummer. Took it. Did you find, did you pull the audio? I have, I have yeah, I have two right. of them. I'm not sure which well, one there's would one, be better. There's one that everybody has shared. There's one that ev- it's just them screaming F-words. I mean, it's just nothing. I think, but, I, I, think I have that one. Right. Then he knelt beside one of the fish, took out a fillet knife, and slit open the belly of the fish. He reached his finger in and withdrew a chunk of lead with a dramatic flourish. Quote, we've got weights in the fish, unquote, he shouted. <laughs> And then all hell broke loose. Uh, again, significant adult content alert. If you are listening with children, you're going to need to skip ahead a minute in the audio or you know whatever you want to do. Maybe pause it until you can get the kids out of the car. Major adult content alert in three, two, one. There we go! This actually isn't the one that's been shared quite as much. That's that's a very tame. That's not yeah. the one I was looking for, no. Griffin. I'm I, sorry. I think there was somebody in there who was like, "They should be at the part of my jam." Yeah, that that was the one. The one that everybody is sharing. The one that went viral on TikTok is literally just nothing but a string of, like, it, it's very loud. It's very audible, and it's you should be in jail. It's call the police. It's all. I mean, it's it's so over the top. That was. I was hoping you would have that okay, one. Let me see if I can find see it. if you can find that, and we we'll have to do this all over again with the adult content alert because that one is just magical i mean it's magical how electric it is in that moment that you get the drama of the we got the weights and the fish which again is a pretty great moment in and of itself like and it made me think about the most like have you mike you're an athlete 
you've competed. Have you ever been around a dramatic instance where someone was caught cheating in some capacity? Uh, I don't even know because I feel like in volleyball it's well, there's just rules. Kind of hard, like yeah, right. Yeah. Like what would you? I mean, somebody might be using steroids, I guess, sure. but like you know, it, it, there's not a real way. Like you can't hide a second volleyball or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Suddenly, remote control, you know, like throw it. Yeah, like there's it'd be very difficult to do that. I'm thinking about like instances where someone was dramatically caught cheating, like in school. Um, I look, we all, we have all been there. We've all maybe tried to, you know, like lean over and look at somebody else's test. Like we've all done that at some point in Speak our lives. Speak for yourself. Stop. I know you wouldn't do that, of course, because you need to protect your eligibility. I understand that. But like most of us have done that at some point in our lives where we maybe leaned over or like the morning of or like, hey, dude, uh, did, you, uh, did you get number five on the homework last night? Like we've all cheated in some capacity, but typically like little white cheating, you know, like little, little nothings. The most dramatic scene in my life of someone getting caught cheating was a kid named Scott that I went to middle school with. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like it. The, you, like, we, I don't know where it was, where, like how, how it is now. Can kids wear hats in high school now? Like, like no, at, at a public yeah, school? Not, not really. Okay. Cause we I mean, definitely, we could yeah. not wear hats. Yeah. Ours in was school. like no hats, no hoods, no nothing. All right. So Scott, <laughs> I swear to God, like if I'm if I'm lying I'm dying. <laughs> Showed up and I don't remember what class it was. I, don't, I think I want to say it was a social studies class, maybe a history or geography class. I swear to God, he showed up for class in middle school wearing a hat. Right, and the teacher said, "Scott, what the hell are you doing? You're not allowed to wear a hat. You know that. Like what? Why do you have a hat on? You you big dummy." To which Scott said, "And." This is the part that I might have slight facts wrong, so you, you're going to have to bear with me. He said something about a concussion, right? <laughs> like, he said something about, I had a concussion, and I the light is affecting me. I have to wear the hat. Mm. And we were all like, Really? It was it was holding his brains together. Right? Like, like like really Well no, I like I think any yeah, of us yeah. that have had a concussion know that like it can be really bad. Like you can get concussions where like literally you can't have the lights on for a week. That's why, you know, we shouldn't be as dismissive of Mike Well luckily it was just a concussion, like Mike McDaniel said on Thursday night. Like if you've had a concussion, you know. Like I Oh god, I don't know if I've ever well, I may have told the story before. People remember it. The, I got a concussion at my bachelor party. Oh, man. <laughs> my friends, very kindly, John, John Proctor hosted it, in fact, <laughs> threw me this lovely bachelor party, and we were big. We played, we were, like, at a time in our lives, before we were all married with kids, we played Can Jam four days a week. I mean, we were obsessed. We had multiple good game. tournaments during the course of the year to crown Can Jam champions. and They were highly competitive, <laughs> like, very competitive. Like it, they, they caused fights. They caused fracases within our personal relationships. It was a very, so the day of my bachelor party, before we went out, we all hung out, drank beer, grilled, and played can jam. And I was hammered. And we were very serious can jam players. Like we would, part of it was about winning. It was also like about creating like the amazing moment where we managed to get to a frisbee and scored three points on something that you weren't supposed to be able to do it on. 
I, for whatever reason, agreed to play with my brother-in-law, who I learned that day cannot throw a Frisbee. <laughs> don't know. I don't know how that happens. I've never understood it. My wife, similarly, cannot throw a Frisbee. Like, it ju- you don't know where it's going out of their hands. I, dead eye, ran directly into an old wooden fence. Like, <laughs> Oh, you were, like, chasing down the Frisbee? <laughs> going after a Frisbee. So funny that Proctor's listening this morning. <laughs> ran directly into a fence like legitimately straight into it right <laughs> i we're so lost with this fishing thing we'll get back <laughs> there i promise um i i was concussed for a week i mean like basically through my wedding wow i could not be i had to go back to work on monday at the old radio station that doesn't work anymore and i had to have the lights off in the studio and wear sunglasses for a week it was a viable like it was a viable argument that could be made by Scott that's actually his real name I'm not gonna give his last name that like right but none of us we were all kids we had no idea like what like what this the was, hell this was high school use? we were no middle school oh, this, middle this school. is like we were okay. 12 or 13 years old at this point we were all like what what are you <laughs> talking about but the teacher bought into it like do you have it? first the teacher said do you have a note and he was like, well, I didn't know I needed a note for that. I And, like, the teacher, being fairly compassionate, was like, all right, Scott, I'm not going to fight with you. Like, I would like for you to go see the nurse, like, but we've got to take this test first because it was a test day. <laughs> teacher walks around. He's got the effing, like, notes on the underbill oh of his app. Oh, my God. Way to go, Scott. He's got information on... Like literally, I'm wearing a hat right now. That would work, I guess. I, yeah. I like enough. He's got whatever on the underbill. You can't. He brought attention to himself by wearing the hat. You're not allowed to wear a hat at school. So he brought attention to himself and asked to get caught cheating. Like there was no discreet way for the teacher to notice and be like Scott. In hindsight, she probably should have been like, "Hey, could you walk outside with me for a second? Like once you." But it was way more dramatic than that. Like, she walks by as she's handing out the, the tests, and she looks, and she kind of does the underneath thing, and she said, are those answers on? The, like, she very dramatically yells out, <laughs> like, what's going on? And we're all like, she was betrayed. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, like it is the most dramatic thing that could have ever happened in the history of Perry Hall Middle School. <laughs> and he is just there, like I'm concussed. I didn't yeah, need to remember like, the answers. Like that he's trying to pull off injury. that he had a concussion and had to have the and like the hat on because of a concussion. It was the most unbelievable attempt at cheating. That's brilliant. I could have I ever mean, fathomed in my life. Did like, you all cuss him out like the fisherman? No, it was not a scene like the fisherman. <laughs> we like Scott. Scott was Put good him in jail. Kid. He was a good kid. Give him the match. Uh, yeah, right. Did you find the other audio by chance? Uh, I think I did. This one from producer right, right, Jed. Jed. Hang on a second. It's got 12 million views. So Again, major adult content alert. Significant adult. If you came back after the first one, we're going to try this again. You're going to have to give us another minute here. Major adult content alert in three, two, one. We go! Where's the other one? Oh, you fucking, 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 you fucking
They call the cops. So great. I know the audio is. It goes crisp. on for about two minutes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we can we can. But that's it's two minutes of that of just this entire mob ready to kill these dudes. <laughs> Remember the scene in Superbad where they're like, they're gonna kill that guy tonight. Like <laughs> that's the way that I felt. And then nobody started singing These Eyes, which is a real disappointment because it's the greatest scene in the history of cinema. By the way, learn something about that scene. This was the whatever anniversary of Superbad this year. This was, I guess, the 15th anniversary of Superbad yeah. this year. And like at some point, it was brought to my attention that they filmed two different versions of that scene with two different songs. In one version, the one that we saw, uh, Michael Sarah is singing These Eyes, which is beautiful. I mean, it's... my. My brother came all the way from Tucson, Arizona to hear you say it's so amazing. <laughs> These eyes. Doo -doo 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 -doo. It's just the most perfect scene ever. Apparently there was another version of it where he sings the thong song. And I need that version to get out into the public more than I need air to breathe. I need that that has to happen what are you doing we need everyone involved judd apatow every person involved with that film must i demand it i demand release the tapes demand that that version of the film gets out there um proctor said the max penalty is you have to go fishing with drew forrester that's a very good answer that's a very good answer that would be a terrible terrible penalty for them um, I, I, I swear to God, this is the most brazen attempt at cheating I've, I've ever seen in my life. It is, it's incredible. It's, they're small fish. Like these people know exactly know, like, how much these fish are supposed to weigh. They know exact, and they had to take a lie detector, but test and failed previously. And they still did this. Over like a $30,000 fishing tournament. That's all I'm thinking about is how to relate it somehow to the guy cheating in chess. Like they oh, the anal beads? Yeah, right? <laughs> the dude. Popped I, a couple of those in the fish. I yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> God, this is so... Like that anal bead thing, I mean, you might not get... Like they still right. don't know for sure if the anal bead thing happened or not. Like, they got to they weigh him like the fish. They, gotta, they know you how much weigh he him. should weigh. Yeah, on a normal day you weigh this. Um, it is. This is one of the great stories. It's just... Oh, my God. God, it's so incredible. Praptor says, the hat doesn't seem like too much of a stretch and a viable excuse for wearing it. Just needed to execute better. Like, yes. was it a white hat? Something to ca I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, it, was tw it was 28 years ago. I don't remember exactly I mean, what the situation was with the hat. It's I, a really good idea. It's not a really good idea because you brought the attention upon yourself because you're the only kid that showed up wearing a hat and you concocted this Fakakta well, story about a concussion. You could probably definitely pull it off in, in college, I guess. In college, yeah. maybe. Maybe you could pull it off in college. Maybe. Very I still think it's risky. I still think yeah, it's risky. Yes. Oh, yes. And there's got to sure. be there's a sure. limit to how... Like, I'm wearing a hat right now. I can only see about this much. Cheating is never a good there's idea. There's a limit, and like... But... I don't know. I don't know. I definitely, I remember I was a mentor for this one kid. I don't know why. I don't know what the program was, but I had to mentor like a kid that was four years younger than me. And I remember saying something like, cheating's not good, but like if you get the answer, at least you learn something. <laughs> like, I remember him telling that to his parents and then his parents being like, maybe you shouldn't be in the mentorship program any longer. <laughs> maybe that's not the place for you. Uh, we were supposed to talk about the inside linebacker thing. Uh, maybe we'll save that for tomorrow. I... I do think that the Ravens could use an update. The argument is the Ravens will get better at outside linebacker and at edge rush when they get Tyus Bowser and maybe David Ajabo back. But what do you do about inside linebacker? Look, man, I said before, I'm all for trying to trade for Roquan Smith. But, like, 
I just know what the cost is going to be, and I don't I don't think you can do that. I would like better inside linebacker play, but not for that cost. All right, when we come back in, we got to quickly do tidbit and tubular because then we got to turn things over to simply the bets. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guildfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. Uh, with the Ravens being at home again on Sunday night, that means that Hammer Jacks will once again be hosting the Mother's Tailgate Party, and you can get your tickets at hammerjacks.com. It's free to get in, $49 um, for you to get the all-inclusive premium brand open bar and delicious food that sounds like a great way to spend your pregame before a sunday night football game while you're there you slip on over to the press box ginsu grills tent and you find out what you're missing with the all-new ginsu kamado grill uh, not only to get free samples but also you can register to win a ginsu kamado grill and 500 dollars worth of grilling meats the Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today. GinsuGrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE 
in order to save $100. Um, it, can tidbit hold for tomorrow? What's the tidbit? Uh, it was going to be about Adley Rushman. We can, it'll hold. Can it hold? Yes. All right, we yes. should probably hold it at this okay. point because we are running late. Uh, Tubular brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars. Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Mass and two tonight, Blue Jays Orioles, 7 o'clock. Mitch White and Mike Bauman, the pitching matchup. Maryland Soccer on Big Ten Network tonight. They travel to Rutgers at 7 o'clock. Um, MLB Network will have the first game of the doubleheader for the Yankees and Rangers this afternoon at 2. Um, TBS has Phillies Astros tonight at 8, which there's there's nothing left to... No, I think everything, everything's all, settled. It's all been yeah. settled. So the only... I guess like AL positioning? Is it? I don't, I don't know. But still, like Astros, I don't, still, do I don't that, know what so. there still is to be played for. So if Aaron Judge were to break break the record tonight, the game is not on national TV... So I assume that means that all the other networks will be doing the dumb cut-ins. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I did have one actually on Aaron Judge. Uh, if it, about because he's chasing the triple crown. So like how many hits he would need to get in. Okay. If he has so there's three games left with a doubleheader today. So yeah. if he if he has 15 at bats, he would need to get eight hits to pass Louise Arise because Arise is out with an injury. So he's so done. He's, yeah, he's done. So what's he sitting at? He is sitting at three. Arise is 315. Judge is 310. And this guy broke it down to like the fifth. It's not decimal. Happening. It's not so happening. he would if if in seven at bats he would need to hit have five hits or six six hits in eight at bats or all the way up to fifteen he would need to have eight. Hits. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. Um, and I hope he doesn't break the record. Oh God, it would be so great if he doesn't hit sixty two and he doesn't get the triple crown. <laughs> like oh God, I would love that so much. Not really. I don't. I don't actually care all that much. But you know, f the Yankees. Uh, uh, Champions League this afternoon. The games themselves are on Paramount Plus. The Golazo Show on CBS Sports Network at three. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Is there anything specifically important, mm, non-sports-wise? There is not. Okay, no. there you go. Mila, there's Mila the Kunis will be on James Corden. I do enjoy Mila Kunis. Maybe is she going to be talking about the Natalie Portman uh, thing? I, maybe like, it'll come up. You never. I know. feel like if that's what she's talking about, I would tune in. It is also the BET uh, Hip Hop Awards. Oh, I never miss those. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's that's my jam. All right, very good. Thanks today to Aaron Schatz from Football Outsiders. Thanks also to Joe Serpico. We'll get it up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, Evan Washburn will join us tomorrow. And then uh, Bo Blade from uh, Maryland Ter- Terrapins okay. defense. Uh, yep, uh, had a big game two games ago, I know. Uh, stuff and things on a Wednesday. Of course, we'll get you segment number one of the Tyus Bowser Show with Mark Andrews. Uh, we will see you tonight at uh, 7 o'clock at Guilford Hall Brewery for that. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Costas Inn, the Maryland Five Star, Guilford Hall Brewery, the Baltimore County Police Department, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to uh, MC Ernest, Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. If you're with us on audio, do nothing. If you're with us on video, give us a minute and then refresh where you started uh, as Simply the Bets is coming up next.
And welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. In just a second, we head out to Vegas. Our buddy Aaron Oster standing by from VEASAN to offer us his five L's with sports betting this week. Later on in the show, we will go into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. One of the things we're going to talk about today is cashing out with Leon Twyman. There was a major story in sports betting last night. Um, we are going to talk about how that works. I am a big fan of cashing out. A certain gentleman last night perhaps is regretting his decision to not cash out on what would have been a twenty-five, I think, thousand dollars as much as he could have made. He was trying to hold out for seventy thousand dollars and needed the Rams to win on the money line. It didn't work out. But we will talk about that with Leon Twyman a little bit later on in the program. Right now, we go to Vegas. Aaron Oster is there. He's with VEASAN. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing well. Mixed, mixed week for me, but uh, good well, doing well overall. <laughs> yeah, it was a mixed week. Um, it was a mixed week. So... Um, had the bills that was that was where you thought that was going was over they finished with 23 yep. points that was no good um you like the a idea of, red red yes yeah, red zone turnovers in the brown falcon game cost me yep, but big time. I, I did end up i did end up uh fading the dolphins yep. so that helped that was smart that was smart as uh indeed the Bengals wanted to the other the other ones that um are relevant you uh you had a long term bet back in April on the Mariners plus one ninety four to make the playoffs. So there we go. That one was one that ultimately paid off. It was a long term bet. If you were in on it, you cashed in on that. Um, I don't remember what the circumstances were on August sixteenth where you suggested that it. I I like this is the difficult part. I remember like you did. Your argument wasn't that the Padres weren't going to make the playoffs. It was more just, why are you making the bet? Aaron, on August 16th, had his loser bet as the Padres making the playoffs at minus 500. Um, I I don't remember what the circumstances are for that. Because, like, I feel like saying, hey, don't bet something at minus 500. Well, like, okay, sure, never bet something. At, what are we doing betting something at minus yeah. 500? I don't remember why that was your loser bet. And in hindsight, what I'm really going to say is that's a dumb loser bet to make. Like, we could pick a minus 500 <laughs> bet to make every week. Um, ultimately, yeah. if you made it, you still cashed in on that. So you're going to have to take the L on that. Like, that's the way it's going to have to go. I'm sorry. You have to take the L for that yep. one. Fair enough. There we go. So now, every week presents new opportunities. That's what we like to exactly. say. Uh, we have five bets, a local, a long-term, a long shot, a lovable and a loser bet that Aaron will make for us each week. Let's begin locally. What are you liking? Uh, this is another week where, why is it that the Ravens, I feel like every time I look at the board and I'm just like, really? This line? This feels right. I don't like betting this game, but I got to bet this game. Um, so I guess right now what I'm looking at, I, the, the question in the game against the Bengals is simply, can the Ravens get enough pressure? on Joe Burrow and, and make that line crumble like they have in the past. And I'm not sure that they can. I mean, obviously they have talent. They're not getting to the quarterback that often, the Ravens. Um, not just sacks, but quarterbacks hit. They're in the bottom half of the league in uh, both categories right now. And so when I look at this game, and I don't expect the Bengals line to completely crumble, 
it's not that I think that the, uh, the, the Ravens can't win the game if they don't do that, but I do wonder if they can really blow out the Bengals. I don't know about that. I see the line at plus three right now. It's plus three, plus three and a half across the board. Um, so just in this game, it's going to be a primetime game. I, I don't know that the Ravens will blow out the Bengals, so I am inclined to take the points in this one. So give me the Bengals plus three. Um. Okay. Like I, what I would really say is this is my eternal rule: is that whenever you have a good team that's getting points, I tend to just bet that team. But it's more like a mm-hmm. if I have to scenario. You know what I mean? Like right. if like I wouldn't. My my first answer is I would not bet this game. I'd find some other local bet to make this week. I just wouldn't bet this game because I, I like if I if I if I'm a betting man, you know what I'm betting is going to happen on Sunday, a push. So wh- why am I betting this game now? Um, you know I I get the theory. Like I I certainly I guess I like the Bengals a li- like I've seen something better from them recently than I have from the Ravens, but they didn't play all that well against the Dolphins team that they, given the circumstances, probably should have taken care of business against. They got the benefit of getting yeah. to face Teddy Bridgewater. Like there's, it's I I the best argument that you make is hey the Ravens aren't the team to take advantage of the Bengals offensive line. Completely agree about that, yeah. but it ain't just the Bengals offensive line that's been an issue so far. Um. I don't like this game. I just don't like betting it. If the <laughs> if the line holds at three, you're probably right. I'll probably just end up betting the Bengals because I'll fall back. Or not betting the Bengals, picking the Bengals. I just won't bet this game. Right. If the line holds yeah. at three, I just this one to me is like I hate. Honest to God, most of the time if it's minus three, there's zippy chance I'm betting on the game. For f that noise. That is not. For me to bet on, I will find something else to make a bet on if I really want to get some action. I've bet the Ravens in the first quarter each of the last two weeks, and that one has paid off for me twice. I got to think about whether or not I go back to that one. I might go back to that one this week. Um, All right, give me the one that you say is the long term bet, the futures bet that you like the most this week. So, everyone, when you think about the futures markets, they think of divisions, they think of conferences, they think of Super Bowls, World Series, whatever the championship is in the sport. But one market that goes a little bit underrated is that, you know, especially at FanDuel and, and a few other books, they keep up win total markets throughout. And those things don't tend to change dramatically when sometimes they should. Um, plain and simple, the Panthers stink. They're awful. They might be the worst team in football They're right not now. Good. I, I, am, I am completely fading the Panthers. And right now their win total, and, and this is for the entire season, is uh, five and a half wins. The under is plus money at plus 115. Uh, they also have a tough schedule left. I, I can see maybe five more wins on the schedule. They have the Seahawks and the Lions, in addition to two games with the Falcons and one with the Steelers. But I don't think they're going to win all five of those. Some of them are on the road. Seahawks is in Seattle. Um, I'm completely out on the Panthers. I think they end up with a top two or three pick in the draft. I do not think they get to six wins overall in this season. So when I'm seeing plus money, on under six wins or under five and a half wins, not getting to six. I'm going to take that. So give me that at plus one fifteen. Um, that's interesting. That's 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 really interesting. Um, like the best argument I can make is, you know, Matt Corral is hurt. Is that is done for the year? Correct. Like he can't come back at any point. 
Uh, as far as I know, no. Like they, they don't have that quarterback city unless I right. think Sam Darnold is going to well, make a big no, difference. No, because we, we know Sam Darnold's not the answer. So what would sca- the only right. thing that would scare me about that bet is if at some point they just said, oh, the hell with it, we play the young quarterback, and the young quarterback is inspired and goes and wins a game or two that you weren't expected them right. to win, and then it kind of throws everything into upheaval. Because this is still the NFL. Even the bad teams typically win a couple of games, right? So if Absolutely. I say that the baseline is they're going to win three to four, like they're going to win four games, right? That's a baseline, and that's under five and a half. And I probably inclined to agree with you based on how bad they look. And the fact that at some point they're going to shut down Christian McCaffrey because, you know, that's the way that this works. Um, yeah. So, And by the way, he Corral is on season-ending injury. Right. So he can't come back at all. That would be yeah. the only argument for me that would scare me off of it is at some point if they had a young quarterback they could put into play and he accidentally inspires the team and he cares and the whole thing then you could end up in a little bit of trouble because they could win two more games that they weren't supposed to win and sure. go 6-11 and 11 and you're screwed. But with there being no option for that, I'm I'm kind of with you. Like at some point they're gonna be forced to go back to Sam Darnold, and like we know the that's why it was so embarrassing that they were calling it a quarterback competition to begin with. There's no debate yeah. left. Like no no matter how many times people want to go back to how much they believed in Sam Darnold going into the end, like it's amazing how this works. There are so many people that didn't believe in Lamar Jackson, so no matter what he does, they got to be hell-bent on, yeah, but I'm still not sure. And the same thing happens on the other side, where they believe people believe so much in Sam Darnold that no matter how bad it looks, you have to try to convince yourself, well, if he could just get somewhere else or be around some other coach or something like that, we could still make it work with Sam Darnold. No, no, you can't. It's like pretending that Jameis Winston can still be a thing this deep into his career. (laughs) We've got all of the evidence. I know that every now and then, there's one of these things that creeps up, a Ryan Tannehill story, something like that. It is extraordinarily rare, but every now and yeah. then, there is no reason to think we've got the answer on Sam Darnold. They are going to have to play him again at some point. If it keep, I mean, Baker Mayfield is a disaster. I mean, it's the he's he's worse. Like that. That's the only thing is like. Even if Sam Darnold is bad, is it possible that Baker has been even worse? Oh, 100%. It's po- I mean, he's been disastrous. Yeah. So at some yep. point, I, I mean, I still think they have to ride it out with Baker for another game or two because, like, you know. Oh, yeah, went, it's not going to happen. So it'll, it'll, right. It's probably more than a game or two. Um, it's just really, well, I mean, really if it stays bad, like but, this, I don't know that it has to be more than a game yeah, or two. This, I mean, this fair. is ungodly what we're seeing. So they got to do that for a little while. But then they're going to have to go back to Sam Darnold. But that's not going to do anything. Sam Darnold stinks. He's terrible. Yep. So I'm I'm actually in agreement with you on this one. I am in agreement with you. I don't see the path. And the likelihood is they might try to move a player or two. Um, I guess the only other thing is if there's somebody, if they fire um, Rule or if he quits to try to go get a college job and there's someone on his staff that the players really like, um, I think we saw this with Perry Fuel a couple years ago as um, you know, a, an interim coach. Yeah, like there's there's somebody but on there that. There was talent on those teams. Like I, I just don't know that there's the talent. I on understand those teams. that, but there is something about like if an interim coach gets an opportunity and you believe in that guy and you want to do something for that guy, that like you get something out of you know the team at that point. But yeah, I'm I, in general, I'm with you. Uh, what's your uh, what's your long shot? What's your underdog this week? You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to mix things up and uh, go off of football for my long shot. And uh, you know, baseball playoffs are starting this week. I'm starting to look at that. Starting to look at the market and kind of where I'm at right now with the baseball playoffs is the Astros are going to roll through the AL. I'm I'm fairly confident about that. I don't really believe in the Yankees as a as an AL champion. 
Uh, the NL, on the other hand, is far more wide open. So I'm looking, if FanDuel has a few interesting, you know, obviously they have the NL winner, they have the AL winner, they have the World Series winner, but then they have a bunch of exotics on top of that. One thing they have is exact World Series result. So I fully believe in the Astros, uh, not just winning the AL, I, I think they're going to win the World Series this year. It'll be a great story with Dusty and Trey Mancini and everything else. Uh but the NL is a little bit more wide open. I actually don't fully believe in the Dodgers. So I'm looking at the hottest team right now yeah, in baseball. Braves. That's the Atlanta Braves. Mm-hmm. So I can get the Astros over the Braves in the World Series at 13-1. to 1. I actually really like those odds, and I'm taking those. So yeah. there's my long shot, Astros over the Braves. I get it. I get it. Um, you know, I, I, it's it's a little bit weird that we're being dismissive of the best team in baseball, but I understand they've had enough playoff issues and, you know, I I can understand, and they've had some specific playoff issues with the Braves, right? So I can certainly understand why it is that that we would like that. And at the number, I I get what you're saying. If you really like the Astros, here's an opportunity to get them at thirteen to one. I'm I don't hate it as a a an underdog bet. I don't hate yeah, long that shot. bet, right? I don't think I would make it, but I don't hate the idea. Aaron Oster is with us from Veasan out in Vegas. All right, the one that you say, whatever you do, do anything at all this week, but do not make this bet. What's the loser bet for the week? Honestly, I should have been giving this out uh, the past week or two, but I've I've had a couple other ones that I've liked better as a loser bet. But this is an overall concept and applies specifically to one scenario here. In general... When someone is approaching history, whether it's a team, whether it's a player, bettors know people want to bet on history. They want to bet on human achievement, and they will tax you heavily for that. We've seen that with Aaron Judge over the past two weeks with the betting a home run in each individual game taxed absurdly. You're seeing it at as low as like plus 150 at times. Um, you are never, ever going to get value for betting on any sort of history, but in this case, Aaron Jones to bet a home run. Even today, even though we know that, you know, he's not getting very many pitches to hit, it's very I'm likely pr- he I'm, won't I, hit it. I'm, I'm pretty sure you just said Aaron Jones, by the way. And I, I, Did I say Aaron I, Jones? I, I understand. It's, it's a complicated time of year where we're talking about multiple different sports. <laughs> Aaron Judge, apologies. Yes. Uh, right now, in, in the first game of the doubleheader, he's plus 215. No one is ever plus 215 to hit a home run. You are never getting value there. Do not bet the yes on Aaron Judge to hit a home run in it, any of these individual games. Um, just, just don't do it. You're not get, getting value. And I know he might hit a home run, and I know maybe eventually, you know, MLB saying, hey, you got to give him something to fit, hit here. Um, oh, I don't think it's major. I'm, getting the, I'm more convinced that there's somebody else, there's a third party involved. Like, that there's someone who's a Yankee sponsor or who can profit off of Aaron Judge, fanatics, somebody like that. Yeah. That gets involved and gets a hold of a pitcher, and like I know this is some tinfoil hat stuff, but like, dude, seriously, these no, games, no, I, I think there's something. These, well, these, or, these games you know, don't actually matter. Like, there's at yeah. some point yep. somebody says, I like, I get why the Orioles are still kind of comp- trying to compete this weekend, even after they were eliminated on Friday. Getting to, getting to 82 big. wins is a big deal for the Orioles, and they yeah. still cared about that, so they were still going to compete yep. over the course of the weekend. But the Rangers don't have a like. Who cares? 
Um, and I, at, I, at some point, I'm convinced that someone says to them, dude, there's $50,000 in it for you if you would just toss a handball well, up there for me. Well, shoot, if, if you think back to uh, when Bonds was approaching Aaron, uh, Mike Bassett, the national pitcher, right. I mean, he's gotten to sign so many photos, get to, to charge so much money for grooving a fat. And by the way, he grooved oh, that 100%. sucker. I just remember. Yeah, but that was. A, but also on. keep in mind that was a real record. Like that. That actually was a real. Oh thing. well, no, I like. I understand. Well, people are treating this as real some for whatever. Are, I, yes. I'm with you, by the way. It's like they whoever whoever throws this pitch will be able to sign autographs for it for a while. <sighs> Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe. I mean, let's not try to pretend like Mike Bassett got wealthy out of it. Like I, I don't think that. I, don't that, know. I mean, I don't know. That I don't, guy, every time I go to a convention, I see his his autograph. I just, stuff. I, I think that that is a tougher sell than somebody just walking in and being like, "Dude, here, just." I'm not telling you to, to throw the game. Just fifty thousand dollars if you toss a meatball up there for me, like. I think that's okay, a very. But which game is that going? Also, which game is that going? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Like, why? Well, I mean, I don't yeah. think it, tonight's not on national TV. Keep that in mind. There is no national sure. TV broadcast for tonight's game, so the afternoon game actually would make more sense than the night game would. Keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. I assume to, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if tomorrow's game is on national TV or not. Um, but I know that. The, hey, if nothing else, they'll cut in on every channel. Well, on I, every that's network. the thing. I don't know if they can because I, there are like rules when there is another national TV window. <laughs> so tonight, right. TBS is showing Phillies Astros, and I'm pretty sure when there's another national TV window, you might not be allowed to show the cut. I, there's some goofy rule about that. There's some goofy rule <laughs> related to like if it's only a game on MLB Network, like you can cut, you can cut in. But if there's a like a like a Fox Saturday night or a ESPN right. Sunday night or a TBS Tuesday night or I think even an Apple Friday night, you're not allowed to show cut-ins of games on any network. So I don't I don't know how that all works. I have no clue. I'm not going to pretend. Nor do I care. Like I'm, I get it. But yeah. um, just interesting. anyway, anyway, the, the the bigger overall point is you're going to be taxed for betting on human history. I hear you. So I hear you. By the way, this, this is the last scheduled national TV game for the Yankees at 2 o'clock. Neither of the last two okay. games are scheduled to be on national TV. All right, and uh, give me your one that you say immediately. Race there. Make this bet. I love it. So I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm not going to say necessarily race here. I really like this bet, but I think if you wait, you might be able to get it at a slightly better number. So keep an eye on it. But if it doesn't move, I'm more than happy to play it at this number. Um, and that's the Dolphins right now are minus three and a half at the Jets. The game was minus six in the look-ahead market before to his injury. Uh, it's uh, dropped to three and a half, and I think it looks to be teetering to drop to three. So really the question is, how much worse is Teddy Bridgewater than Tua? Is there really a three-point drop-off between the two? I'm not sure there is. There is. Uh, Teddy, you know, is one of the best quarterbacks ATS in all of football. He's 42 and 21 ATS. Now, granted, most of those come as underdogs because of people, you know, he's usually the backup, so they're usually dinging him. But I think he's still a capable quarterback. I think this line, knowing that it was six before the injury, should be a little higher. I think it should be closer to four and a half, maybe even five. Um, so, like I said, I'm not telling you to race out because I do think you might be able to find a three at some point during the week. And if it gets to three, then I absolutely race out because it's not getting lower than three. But overall, I think the Dolphins are a better team. I think Teddy is capable. I don't think there is a three-point drop-off from Tua to him. So I like the uh, Dolphins at minus three and a half. All right, very good. Uh, we will get them up on Twitter. Remind everybody what's going on with Eason. 
we have our NHL guides out. Our NBA guides should be coming out in the next week or two. So keep your eye out for that, and you can find everything over at VEASAN at VEASAN.com. Very good. He is Aaron Oster at the A Oster on Twitter. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Hope everyone has their best. He is then out in Vegas. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that two of one. I really don't. The Dolphins one. I, I actually think they might be three points worse with Teddy Bridgewater as their quarterback. But I, I don't feel strongly about it. Still think they should win. It's in New York. Yes, I don't. I, uh, I was just looking at it. Hold on. Double double check that. It is in New York. It's in, it New, is York. in New York. Yeah. Yes, I think they should win. <sighs> If the number got down below three, I would very much be inclined to make that bet. Everything above three, I am a little bit more torn about that. All right, when we come back in, let's head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. I want to talk about cashing out because someone didn't do a good job of that and cost themselves a lot of money in the process. Our buddy Leon Twyman joins us next. This is Simply the Bets. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Or is it Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 4th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash PressBox. 
Box Sports, or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Bavarian Burger with a pretzel bun, the Cheddar Ale Soup, the Slam Dunk Pretzels, and the Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where, indeed, you can register a $25 futures bet on the Super Bowl to win a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. You just got to go to FanDuel.com slash S-B-N-A-Z in order to get that bet registered. Any $25 Super Bowl futures bet you can register to win tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. FanDuel.com slash S-B-N-A-Z. Let's head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland right now where our buddy, General Manager Leon Twyman, is standing by. Leon, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you? I'm all right. Uh, I want to have a conversation with you this week. I want to talk about cashing outs. Okay. Are you familiar of the story of the kid that was trying to finish a 15 for 15 parlay last night, was offered $25,000 to cash out, held out for 70000 and the Rams lost? Are you familiar with this story? Oh, I'm very familiar. When, when I saw it on Twitter around the seventeen or 18000 cash out mark, yeah. I was like, yeah, just take that money. They're not yeah. going to win. Take the money. Taylor Denny is this young man's name, $74,000 at stake. He tweets this morning, I don't know that I really owe anyone any explanation on why I am the way I am, but I will say that this is not my first double-digit parlay I've lost on a Monday night game, and even though people believe it will be, it won't be my last. Um <laughs> I don't know what Mr. Denny has going on in his life. I don't know if he's independently wealthy or he has rich parents or something like that. I can't believe. Like, the moment you come to me and say, I have 23000 American dollars for you, if you will bail, I say, thank you. Thank you for that kind offer. I am bailing. Now, um, I want to talk about this in context, though, Leon, because... You know, this young wherever he, this guy was playing from, he was on an app, and so he got the offer. In Maryland, of course, we still don't have mobile betting. How does this work? Like, if if I were to go bet a parlay in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland today, and, like, it was a, a crazy parlay, a 10-leg parlay, and the first six legs were to come through, when, at what point, might there be a cash-out offer that would be there? And how does that work when it's not quite the same as betting through an app where you could just get like a push notification of what the cash offer would be? 
So the unfortunate thing about that it is not in retail. So you have to ride it out completely. Wow. that's re- So it, you make a parlay bet in Maryland right now. There is no option for you to cash out at any point. Correct. Correct. <sighs> Boy. Um, can you paint the picture for what it would look like elsewhere? Like just to inform us about... Like, if, if we were somewhere where it was an option, like, what is the scenario? How many legs have to hit before there might be a cash-out option? You know, honestly, I'm, I'm not sure of a retail location that even offers that right now. Um, I've been to plenty of books in the area, and I don't think any, any book in this area offers that. I'm not sure if that's something that maybe Jersey or Vegas offers at all. Right. But I'm, I'm almost certain it's more of an online thing it's only it's only for online it's only for online that something like that would happen that's interesting to me right like that's so there's no ability for someone to walk up to you and be like hey leon you know you might be on the hook for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. uh i'll let you out of it for 50 like that it's just not an option right correct correct wow i did not know that i learned something today um, about betting. And maybe it's something that you go into when you think about making these parlay bets. You have to understand, in Maryland, legitimately all of them have to hit. There is no option for you to be a winner unless you have every leg of the parlay hit. Yeah, that, that parlay, man, it is, that's just unreal. Um, yeah, like I said, when I first started, saw that early on in the week, I was like, there's no way the Rams Dude. are going to close that out for him. Dude. No way possible. That's unbelievable. I can't. I I cannot believe a human being was offered twenty five thousand dollars in cash and he was just like, yeah, I'm good. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, eh, you know, I'll uh, I'll just pass because maybe it could be more. Yes, maybe it could. But twenty five thousand on like, and what was what did he? It was like a ten dollar bet, right? Like, yeah, ten dollar wager. Had a chance to make twenty five thousand dollars on a ten dollar bet, and he just said, "Nah, no thanks." Uh, see you guys next time. Unbelievable <laughs> turn of events. All right, how'd the book do this week, Leon? Uh, so I mean, we we still did okay. Um, we were doing very well up until the Dallas game ah. where we took a pretty big beating, which brought down our hold. Um, so, you know, to me, that's a good thing because I'm a Dallas fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm so aware. I like to see it. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm aware. I'm aware. Love to see it happen. Ay, 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 ay. Um, so what were the, what were the other, like, what were, the, what went well for you guys this weekend? Uh, pretty much. Uh, everything was good, especially the the uh, the Bills Ravens game. That that helped us out a lot. So, what was the final? Because when we got it, it was three, so that was a push. What was the final line? I believe the last time I saw it was three and a half. So obviously, the Ravens did not cover that, and I'm presuming that most everybody around here was betting the Ravens. Correct. So that worked out really well for you guys that you end up having them miss at three and a half. You jerks. You terrible people, you. How dare you feel good about that, Leon Twyman? How dare you think that that is a good win? Um, I, I'm assuming that for the most part, give me an idea of what kind of action you're seeing in, You're seeing coming in. This one's one that fascinated me. It was somebody that asked me about this. Are you guys getting people coming in and betting Aaron Judge home runs game by game? You know, I haven't really, that's not something that really stands out. Um, to me, honestly. So, especially right now with the football season underway, I've been seeing just a lot more 
NFL bets versus yep. baseball bets. Like we still get plenty of baseball bets, but nothing with baseball has a, has really been standing out. I'll tell you what's been good for me. Last two weeks have hit Ravens in the first quarter. Each of the last two weeks were winners for your pal GC over here. I uh, no, that's it's a solid one. Yeah, yeah. Might might need to keep riding. Although I'm I'm a little bit I'm worried about like maybe a little bit of the hangover effect from this past week. I'm I'm de- I'm debating whether or not I ride with it for a third straight week. But it has been profitable for your boy Ravens. And their collapses have come in the second half. Like, the first halves have all been very good, and the numbers haven't moved all that significantly on the Ravens in the first quarter, so I've been happy about that. In fact, I got them at a great number uh, last week. No, I got them at a great number this week against the Bills. They were uh, they were dogs in the first quarter against the Bills, so I was very pleased with that. Um, what else have you been noticing? What else? What other trends? What else have you been seeing people um, hammer? What specific football bets have been interesting to you? It's it's a lot of just same game parlays. Like that's where we get a lot of our action at. So come in, pick a game you like, and just hammer it with prop bets from that same game. That's what we've seen a lot of. All right, and, and we've actually been we've actually seen a lot of people hammer um, some correct scores. So we had another person hit the correct score. Last Do you remember what game it was? It, it couldn't have been the Seahawks Lions forty eight forty five game, right? Like, there's no way that, that would have been wild. Yeah, right. That was a scoregami. In fact, it was the first ever forty eight forty five game. Uh, I could only imagine what the odds would have been on that. Right. That, that was that would have been insane. Plus a um, billion to get forty eight forty five. Something crazy. So this correct score that we had was for the Giants game. So uh, Giants twenty, Bears twelve. Um, that's still a, that's still a little bit of an odd score, man. Like that's that's it is. that's crazy. And the ticket has not been cashed yet, so I'm not <laughs> sure what they're waiting on or if they realize that they wagered that. But it was eighty five dollars to win twenty three thousand dollars. Jesus, it's another one. Imagine just holding on to a twenty three thousand dollar ticket. Like imagine just being like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it when I get to it. Let me make this promise. If I ever win a bet like that at the FanDuel Sportsbook, I will be there 10 seconds. I'll be the guy complaining that the computer has not yet recognized that the game has gone final. I'll be the guy screaming bloody murder at your poor window, at what a teller. I'll be the, the the poor teller at the window is going to be like, I'm sorry, sir, just give me a minute. They have not, We have not updated it yet in the system. Like, get it updated! No! I'll be that guy. You'll be like, Glenn, dude, chill. We're friends. It, it's a promise to me that it'll play out that way. Um, I mentioned before you came on, you guys are still doing the Super Bowl promotion? That is correct. That is going to be going all the way until January. So, again, place a $25 or more uh, futures bet on the Super Bowl at plus 300 odds, which all of them are over that right now and you have a chance to win two tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. It's amazing. Uh, the website is fanduel.com slash SBNAZ for you to find out more and for you to register that $25 bet that you make. I know we were adding uh, kiosks. Are, we, are, are they all in place just yet? Not just yet. We're waiting for those to get sent out. Um, and then we will have those in place, hopefully, sometimes in the next couple weeks. Like that. So it should be in place. So it'll be up to 67, correct, is the number when it's all said and done? That is that is correct, with yeah. our 20 bet pads and our 10 windows. Couldn't, Just insane. Could not at make it any easier for you, even on busy days. But I still encourage everybody, 
when you have busy days, busy Sundays, uh, primetime football games, college football Saturdays, you still want to email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to make sure you have reserved your table, your reclining chairs for hanging out, watching, and betting on games in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Leon Twyman, appreciate you as always, pal. Let's talk again next Tuesday, all right? All right, sounds good. Have a good one. Thanks, buddy. Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. I perhaps stole some of Griffin's thunder because this was the biggest story in all of sports betting this week is this young man. Uh, Taylor Denny is uh, the young man's name. I'm, I'm assuming that perhaps he was going to make an appearance. In, oh yeah, for in sure. Tidbet. Um, um, it's just way too big of a story for me to wait on it. Yeah. Uh, he had, he had a 10 K cash out option at halftime of the game while they were down what eight. I think. And they, so, so he, I, somebody, I want to say bleacher report, wanted to make turn it into content yes they were like following so him around bleacher report sent him and his friends out to vegas last night to film him as he was watching the game so like i was seeing all of that sort of come across my feed as the night was going on like they were reacting um with him as the game was being played and like you know they they, there, it, it was, it was ended up being kind of painful to watch. <laughs> the guy, you know, was acting cool about it the entire time. I'm guessing maybe he pocketed a little bit of cash from Bleacher Report. Right, that's what I was in think the process. Too. They showed um, it. They or, did a video. Or, I mean, he at least got a free trip to Vegas. I right, guess. he got a free trip to Vegas out of it, which is cool. They showed a video where apparently uh, Bleacher Report also offered to invite him and his friends back to Vegas for the NFL playoffs. Wow. So that's... like he's. He's gotten enough out of it that probably, like, it's still pain. Like, the dude oh, still yeah, lost yeah. seventy four thousand dollars, right? Um, but probably enough that like he's able to sleep at night. Like, he's right. not going to be suicidal. There was somebody like another account that tweeted out like, "What you know? Send a gif of your reaction if you had lost out on a seventy four thousand dollar bet." And I was like, "Are you asking for people to like talk about suicide? Like, is that?" <laughs> it's a pretty dark I know that all we do is engagement I, on Twitter anymore, like but like that's a pretty dark place to go. Like when you're thinking about that tweet, like how do you not realize what it is that you're saying? Like, man, I gotta avoid that one. There was somebody who had the a similar bet or almost the exact same, but he only put a dollar on it, so the payout was like seventeen thousand dollars. Um, but he cashed out before Monday Night Football, and he was talking about how he has kids, and like he's like, you know what? If I was a young kid, I would want to ride too. So he was like defending the kid uh, for riding it out, and 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 yeah, you know. Uh, they had a video after. Remember, the Niners were up by eight, and had, they were fourteen to six, and they had a, a reasonable field goal attempt, Robbie Gold, to go ahead by two scores, and it was not like a fifty yarder. I don't remember how yeah. long it was, but he missed it. Right. And they had video. This is the BR betting page. They have video of the kid because they were watching the game at the stadium swim um, in Vegas. They have video of the dude, and he is losing his mind when Robbie Gould misses the field goal. Like, hell yeah, we're back in it. And then, like, the next video is after the pick six. <laughs> and, like, he's whatever he was given to, that like, is making him feel better, like, whatever his compensation was. Like, you can see, he had to get up and walk away. Like, had to go walk it off. He was not... It was still impacting him losing $74,000 last night. You can turn uh, Micah's mic on. That's a roller coaster of a day. I mean, like, you got to go to Vegas. You got to, you know, like, you got all that. But 
man. All his friends have their, like, their arms around him. They're like, it's all right. Dude. Right. It's like, right. please, whatever you do. Because this is the other thing, too. You also know how a knight can turn. And you don't, like, you understand why they're dejected, but you're still in Vegas, and you don't want this to turn into guy just gets drunk and becomes an a-hole for the rest of the night, and and you got to deal with it. Like, you still want there to somehow be a pleasant evening, so you're thinking about him, but you're also really thinking about yourself. You're like, hey, man, yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> hey, hey, why don't uh, maybe some nice uh, chicken tendies, right? Like, who doesn't enjoy it? A good chicken tendy in a situation like this, huh? Maybe we wander down to the old uh, burlesque show or something. Like, whatever. I, I don't know what you do in that moment, but you're definitely, as much as you're thinking about your buddy, you're definitely thinking about yourself. And you're envisioning how this night is about to go. And what your night is going to be like. And is it going to be awkward for you? And are you going to end up... Is the guy going to end up trying to fight everyone? Like, how quickly does this go from cheeky to dark and i think we all have friends like that that we can be having a fun night but in one fell one thing can go wrong and suddenly you're like oh that dude might throw a glass bottle at another human being well good news is this guy does not seem like to be seem to be that dude seems to be okay he seems to be all right despite losing seventy four thousand dollars. yes um want to make this abundantly clear couldn't be me. Yeah. <laughs> Could not. I have talked about this ad nauseum. I, I, in fairness, I wouldn't even gotten to twenty three thousand dollars. I would have cashed out like the first offer after I, the one o'clock window. Ten, ten, ten dollar. <laughs> exactly right. First results start coming in, and that push notification. Then why are you even making a fifteen dollar, fifteen part leg parlay? In the hope opportunity to get this. Okay. Like okay. the first push notification well, just, comes up on my ten dollar bet, and they're like, "We're gonna give you a thousand dollars." Thank you. Yeah, I'd see. Like, Thank you. I'd see the cost of like three Chipotle bowls, and I would. Right, just, you're like, good. Yes. <laughs> my, Mike is also a college student, so he's in a little bit of a different place. But like, it wouldn't be that much more for me. Like, I'm doing the simple math of this ticket cost me ten dollars. I'm thinking about however many other bets I made that week. So really, what it comes is when do I come out on top? So if this is the only bet he made all week, well, then it wouldn't take much. But I'm going to guess if you're playing a $10, 15-leg parlay, he probably made some other bets this week. So you figure out that I make $300 worth of bets, then I need to come out on top. If I get a $500 offer, I'm in because I'm a winner now. That's the way that that's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely cashing out far quicker. I never would have gotten the $24,000. You can all make fun of me and be like, well, think about what you could have had. No, I'll think about what I have. That's how I'll operate. Anything else? Um, someone put together a anytime touchdown score parlay with that was plus eleven sixty, and they did Josh. They did all the Joshes: Josh Allen, Josh Reynolds, and Josh Jacobs to score because they thought it would be funny, and uh, it hit. So it paid out for him. I mean, <laughs> I saw that on Twitter, and I just thought, why not? Like, yeah, why, yeah sure, go the for it. The logic checks out. Yeah, go for I it. I like the. I the, like to hope it was someone named Josh. Right. Right. Like I, I'd I like to so. hope it wasn't just a rant. Like Had to it be. was somebody named Craig who yeah. was like, "I'm He's going like, all in on the Joshes." Like this is way cheekier if it's just like they have my same name. <laughs> um. So Cooper Cup had scored a touchdown in 12 of the Rams' last 13 games going into last night. Whew. So that was down. That was an even money for him to score a touchdown. So DraftKings decided to boost it. Yeah, to I plus saw that. 150. Yeah. So if you think betting's not rigged, yeah. Maybe it is, because he, of course, didn't score when they boosted the, the odds of that. Interesting. Um, Tempted people to jump on it, which I'm sure they did. Oh, I bet they were. Yes. Um, oh, the, by the uh, way, thank you to George Kittle for getting dysentery right at the moment where he was about to catch a touchdown. That's how, by the way, that's how I won. You won? 
I won wow. specifically because George Kittle couldn't get a second foot down in the end zone. Remember, it was initially called a touchdown, and I was like, well, there, that's that. Like, it was a fun ride, but I was still going to be up by like a point, but he did catch another ball later in the game, so I would have lost. I literally won last night because George Kittle couldn't get his second foot down in the back of the end zone. Yeah, my in my league with George Kittle, I still lost by a hundred points because they also had the Niners defense. Well, ah, I, was, I, was, I was already ah, down by eighty. I actually, then, uh, I actually took a screenshot to send. It was uh, uh, my friend Ryan Shell, former producer of the show of my show, and now at the WBAL. I was playing against him in this particular league, and I decided to send a screenshot. Oh, you held him off. What's that? You held him off with. Because he had George Kittle? He had George yeah, Kittle. right. Okay. He had George Kittle. And so I took a picture. Before and after. When it was a touchdown. Like, I took a, a screenshot because I was ready to send out a tweet. Well, eh, that's that. And instead, they showed the replay really quickly. And I was, like, I was like, oh. <laughs> so I took a screenshot directly before and directly after Um it was and was not a touchdown. That's big for you. Good. Yeah. Congratulations, I guess. Great news for me. Yeah. Not great for uh, George Kittle anytime touchdown betters. Not um, great for them. But with the so the NBA preseason basketball, the Suns were playing the Adelaide 36ers. Ah, yes. And they lost. It's like a big deal. I don't I didn't watch. I'm a Suns fan. I well, did no, they yeah, play no, their players in the game? Yeah, it doesn't like, matter. Did they but try to win? They played all their starters. But, but for how long? I think the whole first quarter, and they were really? losing. Uh, okay, I mean, like, but are they not? Are they trying, or are they just out there participating? If like, you watch, if you watch the highlights recap, the Thirty Sixers ball movement was well, good for them. Out of control. Good for them. Well, so this is I mean, this is the screen. Bowl, this is the screenshot probably. when it shows George Kittle with ten points, and at that point, he is one point behind me. And George Kittle uh. did catch, an, but he did catch another ball, and so he would have won. And then two seconds later, that's the screenshot of him going back, back to one three points, three points for the game at that point, and me surviving last night. Uh, but the person who bet on the 36ers, they, they bet it so that they would win the payout would be $36. Ah, like, maybe you should like, bet oh, a little more. Maybe you well, should have tried for $36,000. probably didn't have a lot of uh, faith, faith in the 36ers. In the, in the Adelaide yeah. 36ers. Yeah, right. Drake put $200,000 down on a uh, three-leg parlay that would have paid $2 million, um, but his first leg missed. He had the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. So he only went one for three. Yikes. I feel like Drake has a betting problem. Yeah, because but he's also extremely yeah, the richest, so, you know, I'm not, not so going to worry too much about old Drake. Um, and then finally, actually, I got two more. Uh, Thursday night football, someone hit the in a, in a uh, the first touchdown exacta, so the first three touchdowns. Oh, they okay, got correct. Okay, uh, Mixon, then Edmonds, then T. Higgins. It was six hundred to one. They put five dollars down and won three thousand. Damn, damn. I'm surprised that's actually all that that paid out. Like yeah. that's an unbelievable bet, man. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Kansas football. They are five and zero. Their win total before the season. Do you know what it was? I'm gonna guess three and a half. It was two and a half. Two and a half. So okay. They've already doubled that. They're five and zero. Also five and zero against the spread. Um, however, the last time they were five and zero to start a season, 2009, yeah. uh-huh. they lost their next seven games. Aye. Five and seven. Aye. All right. Um, but they are plus seven underdogs at home against TCU. I kind of like them. College game day is going to be yeah. there. It's I a, like it's a I, cool I, story. I kind of like that a lot. All right. Very good. Very good. No uh, weekend at bookies this week. Uh, so we will see you again next Tuesday for Simply the Bets. Uh, presented by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Get down there this week. E- e- email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to reserve your spot for watching and betting on games. May the odds be ever in your favor.